Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Record. I'm going to press some sound now. Yeah. Hello, Egg Chasers. It's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. Although that said, I take this weekend of rugby very, very seriously. Last weekend and this weekend are just incredible. So much rugby and so, so much to talk about. Uh, here we are Here we are in the rugby dungeon. I'm Tim. That's JB. Hello, Tim. Uh, that's Phil. Hello, Tim. Uh, and we are currently streaming on YouTube, which we which we do. Which we've killed, by the way. Nailed it. Smashed yeah. it. Uh, hopefully, the actual sound and pictures are working right now. Cause, yeah. Um, but anyway, hopefully. Anyway, you can find us there. We put videos there through the week. You can leave your comments there. You can find us at Twitter uh, at Rugby Podcast on Twitter as well. Uh, George Brandt, David Pevely are in already. Joe Fallon as well. Um, who's asked the question, how bad was that Racing game? We will get into that and the rest of the rugby. <laughs> was it that bad? Uh, no, yeah, it was. It was. Well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, in, an, in a word, yes. Uh, no, that wouldn't answer the question in a word. <laughs> how, <laughs> how bad was that game? game? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, very. Uh, yeah, right. So uh, we're also patreon.com forward slash egg chasers and we humbly appreciate your support. Um, yes, yeah, so much rugby. What can I hear in the background? It's, I can hear something. It's I know what our I can li- hear. We can hear our live stream. It's fine, I've turned it down. Ah. Uh, there we go. I, I have, I've got headphones on, so I didn't notice. Right. We're a shambles. We are shambles. <laughs> <laughs> At least you're in shoes this week, JB. Exactly. We haven't, even, we haven't even touched the strong zeros. Not yet, not yet. Stacked up there. Maybe later on. Yeah, loads of rugby. And good rugby. And also, I think that the extra layer of knockout rugby has made the European Challenge Cup even more exciting it feels like they've taken it more seriously quicker yeah we had a few people asking clearly fans of clubs involved uh, asking will you actually mention the challenge cup now or will you just use the the catch-all thing we've said before just be better but i think we will mention it because i agree with you jb yeah it's it's much much better it was really enjoyable and i've actually i think i've probably watched almost as much of the um the challenge cup as the champions cup this week but i think i could be the paucity of games uh, yes, yeah, fewer games and the Friday night game, uh, and I enjoyed. I always enjoy the eight pm Saturday kickoff. 
Love it. It's, it's a really good time for a fixture. Before we get on to anything, uh, I, I know when you watch rugby, you see an array of different haircuts. <laughs> like Lockdown has not affected rugby players' ability to have their hair styled in various different ways. But for the, us mere mortals, happy haircut eve. <laughs> How are you in in, in England, anyway. Uh, I am not going for a haircut tomorrow. Have you booked in? I've not even got one booked in yet. Oh, wow. I'm... I'm um, contemplating what I want to do is I, you know the first game back after pre-season yes everyone's terrible um, mm-hmm. and that's, I'm imagining that's what the barbers are going to be like they've had a, f- <laughs> a few months out that's a great so point. I'm a bit reluctant to throw myself in at the deep end with a, a unpracticed barber I'm a lamb to the slaughter midday tomorrow are you? I can't wait <laughs> yeah, yeah. And oh all, all the hairdressers are going to be so excited to be talking to different people again and they're not going to be concentrating properly are they they're going to be giddy with excitement yeah, you know, exactly I might cancel it to the end of the week listen to a thing saying yeah too early Tim you're taking your life in your hands. Yeah. Mm. Well, uh, Ben Abbott says, um, Phil, Chris Waddle, Largan. I was thinking it was more <laughs> Hamish Watson. Hey, I, I would hey, definitely, but I'd definitely take Hamish Watson over Nicola Sturgeon <laughs> if we're going, if we're going <laughs> Sc- Scottish yeah. lookalikes. Uh, should we talk about Hamish Watson for, for a second? Uh, you see, I initially tweeted something about the, the, the article from him in the Sunday Times, mm. but then I deleted it because I thought I don't want to do. I, I I want to live by what I say, and what I say is, don't give people the oxygen of attention because that's but, all they crave. So I actually deleted the tweets. I thought even if I want to defend Hamish Watson for not being too small, as Stephen Jones said, I don't. I see. I've just mentioned his name. But, but, he's but, got what he wanted. I think Stephen Jones is right. No, I think he's right. In what in what way? Because so I've not actually read the article. Okay. I've seen the headlines. Okay, so don't get me wrong. He I'm said not... he, he, Stephen Jones said he may be the best seven. He may be the best seven in the Six Nations, but he does not even de- he does not deserve to go on the Lions tour because he's too small. Yeah. He said that to, to get us talking about it, and we've just fallen hook, line, and sinker for it. You fell f- well. You didn't fall for it because you agreed with it and you tweeted it. I fell for it and tweeted it and then deleted. it. I, I thought no, I'm not going to give him any more attention. Well, okay, so I'm going to say I didn't I didn't read the article because why would I when I've seen a headline? You, know, you didn't need to. <laughs> <laughs> if headline writers want to write headlines, I'm not going to read the article. Simple as that. So I didn't read the article. But the premise is he's too small to play in lines, right? Yeah. So I'm going to extrapolate from that what I want. Absolutely. And we'll go from there. So I actually think Hamish Watson is too small to play for the lines, depending on what you want to do. And if you've got anyone equally as small who you write over, you write over him. Because a lot of people have been posting things like, well, he's only four kilograms smaller than McCaw, or he's the same size as X, or maybe you know Justin Tipperick's too small then. But Hamish Watson is too small if you want to play Justin Tipperick, because you can't play both of them. And that would be my point. Because if we look at the Lions, I'm just trying to think of my biggest Lions team. Or, no, my most likely Lions team, then I'll look at my biggest Lions team. Most likely I, back row. Well, back five. I think the Lions give up about five kilograms in every single position. Apart from, so, Sia Khaleesi, who is South, Afri- South yeah. African captain. 105. Yeah, right, he's yes. only a few kgs heavier than Hamish Watson. Yeah. And he's considerably lighter than, for example, Tom Curry, or if you were playing one of the sixes at, num- uh, sorry, one of the locks at number eight, someone like Tyburn or Maritoji or Courtney Laws, he's... Uh, I don't know, between 7 and 10 kgs lighter than those guys. I, I would just say, that, it, isn't it? this isn't a new... This isn't any sort of new way of thinking from a from a rugby visionary in that article today. Exactly, he probably wrote the same article about Neil back about 25 years ago. Oh, he ago. wrote the same article about... Um, <laughs> 
They've only called Ferns and Dave Atwood saying, why have we wasted these monsters when we're getting melted by France? And this was when, well, mid-downfall. Mid he's been remarkably consistent about the need for big players, and he's wrong about many, many, many things. But he's not wrong about this fundamental truth of rugby, which is big men win rugby games. But, mm. but it's all about, the point you mentioned before is the best one. It's all about balance. Yeah. Because you, you can absolutely, in, in the best teams, you can afford smaller, lighter players in the right positions provided you got the balance overall and I go back to a point I made last week on the um, the archetypal back row of Richard Hill Lawrence Delalio and Neil Back Neil Back is not a big bloke nope but the, the that uh, back row and that whole pack had in, um, incredible balance yeah is that, it's only because Neil Back um, is not a massive man that Phil stitched him up outside that <laughs> nightclub that time <laughs> what happened again I can't remember where was it it was um, a Oktoberfest evening in Leeds when he was coaching Leeds uh, and I was a little bit drunk and I, um, he was queuing to get in and I was I think I'd gone to try and meet a mate or something out, like out, in a outside area that was still part of the indoor area and I said oh don't worry I'll, I'll find a, the biggest uh, bouncer, rugby playing bouncer and I'll, I'll make sure I get you in Neil and then probably walk back inside and totally forgot about it <laughs> <laughs> Woke up he queued, wasted outside yeah he queued for another hour well the other thing is uh, quite rightly WJS on the just out of interest if there was a rugby playing bouncer on the door why does he need you to tell him that Neil Back's outside? <laughs> Neil Back. Well, I'm thinking inside, not uh, on the door. Because on the ones on the door clearly weren't Ruby playing bouncers because they'd, well, not let in Neil maybe, Back. Wor maybe worse, though. Maybe, maybe you've really messed him up there. Because he might have played in Leeds. Rugby League. We'll, Could have we'll, been. We'll show him. Yeah. Uh, Keep seeing deliberate. The door. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, just before we move on on this, WJS makes a good point on the live chat at the minute saying, don't, don't forget South Africa haven't played since November 2019. And now, moving on to the other bit of news, um, it looks like the Rainbow Cup isn't happening. Well, as I understand it, the Rainbow Cup can happen, but where the blame lies for this is Westminster rather than one of the Celtic nations because South Africa wanted to base himself in Bristol. So... But the, why do yeah, you think? They, yeah, but hold on. Before you start going, because I saw someone say this. I saw someone say this. Going, don't, don't, don't blame any of the other countries. It's England's fault. Um, well, no, 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 Britain's why, fault. No. <laughs> why, why do you think um, South Africa wanted to base themselves in Bristol and not in Cardiff or Edinburgh? The same or, reason or that Belfast many, yeah. or Dublin. Same, many, probably same reason. Lots of players want to base themselves outside of Cardiff, Belfast, Edinburgh, or, or Dublin. <laughs> um, why no, do they? Be, because it, because it, transport links. I guess because it would have been even harder. Get, I, I, I yeah. would even harder to get access into the country oh, yeah. and stuff. I think England would have been the e the easier of the four nations, of the one, two, three, four, five nations involved. To well, affirm. they're coming from a country which is struggling with covid mm -hmm. they're coming yeah. to a country which is doing okay with covid in ourselves but then of course they're going to be interchanging in and out of the eu and that's really difficult because they're rubbish with covid so you know it's really tricky it's a very very hard balancing act for, the, for them to pull off as for bristol as well it does highlight why the pro 14 is such a hard tournament for particularly away fans to follow because if you want to go to i don't know edinburgh and then play in Planethly, that's one hell of a trip. You either fly to Bristol and then it's like th two hours on a bus, or it's, I don't know, how many, God knows how many hours on a bus. Yeah, there's, like historically, obviously, there would be no fans at the moment, although mm. maybe soon. Um, but historically, the there's pluses and minuses of, of the journeys because you cannot possibly do 
every week's worth of journeys because it would cost you an, a fortune to fly yeah. across Europe uh, and to South Africa um, over the past few years. But you can make it, I don't know, a little bit more special. There is something a bit more special than about flying, for example, to your beloved Benetton, the Prosecco region of yeah. northern Italy, compared to, I don't know, Dragons. Go, going down... Uh, Dragons. Uh, well, I know, I, I, Dragons. Yeah, Dragons. Newport. I know, I'm, I'm, Newport. Thinking, I'm thinking of a, a tournament that's based in a sing, yeah. single country. So, for example, from Worcester to Leicester is slightly less exciting than flying from Belfast to um, Treviso. Yeah. Well, strangely enough, this is really casting my mind back. There was a, a guy, I'm trying to get this right now, I think he lived in London, and he was an avid fan of Cowden Beef, Beef, Cowden Beef, is that how you say it? Beef. Beef, Cowden Beef Football Club. Have I got this right? No. Yes, I have, actually. I'm mixing up two, two stories. They're very, very, very similar. No, this guy actually was the one I remember now. He lived in London, but he supported Newcastle. And he would, every week, get on the train to Newcastle to go meet the fans association, to then travel down to various away games, which may well be in London, because that's how into Newcastle that he, that he was. So he travel up and then back. Yeah. What? And then, then <laughs> to get what? the bus journey. And I'm sure there was another one. And, this, and the reason I know this is, is the, on he's got a, Saturday. This is a very you kind of uh, approach to games. Like, we went all the way to Rome to watch Italy play. <laughs> I've never seen the hacker live, and I missed that because you, dance. Were, cause you wanted to have a meal before the game. Yeah. And then before half time, you were saying, Should we go? Let's yeah. go to town. <laughs> this is over. <laughs> I convinced myself that uh, Italy would win that. <laughs> in the same way, I convinced myself that a USA All Blacks would have been competitive in, in Chicago. Sadly not. Sadly not. But it's still uh, a great spectacle. Both of those were great spectacles. Yeah, wonderful. Um, I'm on board with uh, Oliver Davis's petition to start uh, to make sure that the Lions logo is modelled on your main film. <laughs> <laughs> you should keep it until the Lions tour's over. Um, no chance. Uh, <laughs> it's going before then. I, I, I'm, we'll do it in a bit, but just to say, I've got a, a little quiz. Ooh, wonder, wonder, Ooh, which I've prepared. However, I will, and also to say that coming in your feed very soon this week. Uh, in, uh, I think Wednesday morning will be a Q&A pod so we've got we've had so many questions and thoughts and conversation starters and strong zero stories mm-hmm. uh, emailed <laughs> to uh, contacttakechasers at gmail.com that we're going to delve into some of those so if you've got anything to say or any thoughts or questions or think you th- things that you think might start a good debate then um, get, get it into us on email contacteggchasers at gmail.com uh, on to the rugby this weekend then where do you want to start that, the, where down, down at Sandy Park can do, can do. Um, what a game! Do you know? Well, do you know? I think we should start with Sale, and the reason I think we should start with Sale is because it paints a really good picture of what went wrong compared to what went right, which would be the Exeter game. Because I think there's a real con- so. So start with a negative. That's what you're saying. Well, yeah. So it's been an interesting week for me uh, because, well, just tangentially now. Uh, I've been a little bit annoyed recently because for the last year I can't go to uh, sell shocks. I, I used to really enjoy going to mm-hmm. press day, and yeah, it was just good fun. You can watch the players train, you can grab an interview, you can do all those really cool things. It's an absolute privilege actually to watch these people train in um, in the flesh. Obviously, we can't do that now. But what I did, what I have been doing this week is attending the Zoom press. Pre- Press conferences. So I was pretty up to date with both Cell Sharks and Exeter Chiefs. And that's awesome because now everybody can basically go to every press conference in the, in the mm. entire premiership. Which is, if you think about it, for rugby fans, that's amazing. Because every outlet... I mean, I've never seen so many people interested in Cell Sharks. Do you know who asked the first question on, um, on, on the Zoom call? ITV. 
When's the last time ITV cared about sales sharks? Wow. Yeah. But because it's easy, everyone can do it. So I hope when all this pandemic shenanigans are over, they do some sort of hybrid press Yeah, where well, you can attend in person if you want. Yeah. And you can still dial in. It's like literally everyone's attending. Both of well, and not everyone. A, anyway. a conversation we had on last week's podcast informed your question. Well, one of your questions, I take it. Well, yes. So, yes. So I asked um, Sanderson a question. This is a great place to start this whole um, dissection of what happened to sale. I asked a simple question. Are you worried about your physical style up against La Rochelle? And what do you think he said in a word? <laughs> didn't you use? Didn't you say um, something about the keep ball alive, KBA? No, 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 no. So they cut two different. Ah. They cut. Uh, oh, they cut out my question because actually it was a, just a brutal dismissal. Like no. So I said, "Are you worried about your physical style, um, or not getting your own way with your physical style, or you know what's the plan?" B, oh, I JB, I, like, I bet you could go, love to go back and ask him the same question. So before the game, Alex, <laughs> I asked you, "How do you feel getting yeah. on with, matching up with the physical style uh, and get not get and not getting your own way?" You said no. You gave me a flat no. What do you say now, Alex? Well, this is exactly this is exactly it. So that will be my <laughs> opening question on Wednesday, right? She said no. And this uh, press conference went on for quite a, quite a bit of time. And what most people took out of it was, oh, there'll be a theme. Oh, there'll be this. And I'm thinking, hang on. There's only one thing which is important when you go to La Rochelle. That's not if you've, you know, made greeting cards or you've got a storyboard about what's going to happen. It's can you win the physical battle? Well, I, I've, I've been and worked at La Rochelle. And the only other important thing about that game is the incredible pre-match meal you get if, really? if, if, if you're press. Claremont, uh, La Rochelle... And Ooh, uh, yeah. they well, Claremont have a restaurant around the corner oh. ne- next to the Michelin yes, they do, factory. Don't they? they have a restaurant that like press go to, and it's like four courses. They bring you wine. Oh, like, oh I'm, my I'm bloody, goodness! I'm bloody working, but and the pro- uh, cheese. I guess, I guess the coverage of Claremont is fairly favourable. It's fairly favourable. Yeah. Fairly favourable. Yeah. Wow! But, uh, but yeah, but La Rochelle had there was, there was like people knocking, having foie gras in like the press room. It's just ridiculous. <sighs> it's unreal. Anyway. You, don't do, you don't do that on a Zoom call. No, yeah. no, yeah, you don't. Right. But, uh, but yeah, you're, you're absolutely right, JB. Well, well so my, my, my basic thought on this going into the game was what happens when the players that are used to getting their way on the game line get stopped? What what happens then? How, is, is there a plan B? And I do wonder, you know, as for all of this goodness about themes and, you know, me, knowing each other off the field now, what was the plan B? Like, where were, where were they going to go well, afterwards? Well, didn't Alex Anderson say How? in his post-match interview, um, maybe we need to do a little bit less... What did he say? A bit less... Personality, was it? Or he, he said something like, a little bit less... something like that. Yeah. Getting to know each other. It wasn't getting to know each other. It was something It was like, a little bit less getting to know each I other. Really and said a, I didn't hear that interview. And, and a bit more Twitter. action or a bit more... Well, yeah. yeah. Because they, they were OK for the first half. But I just had a feeling watching them, this isn't going their way. And as it as that pressure turned up on them, yeah. I think there was flaws in their character. Because it's easy to run over people when they let you. It's easy to run over Scarlets when they can't be bothered showing up, or Worcester, or whoever it is that you're beating. But when La Rochelle met them, um, and also, they they were doing the same, the same to La Rochelle. It wasn't sort of one-way traffic. And the balancing act is, which of these two teams, who are used to getting their own way, perform better when the pressure is on? And we found out. We, the, we definitely have an answer to that now. Because Sale absolutely collapsed. And, you know, this is why, uh, another thing which Sanderson said, which I think he's 100% right, right about, is 
it's a journey when you go to Europe. You've got to go there. And I wasn't convinced on this. I thought that's just something you say is an excuse so you don't have to win. But maybe it's true that you've got to be there and lose badly to understand what it takes to go back there. Because I think a lot of those cell players had a very rude awakening. Well, he's been, he's been through that process. Yeah. With Saracens. Yeah. The, the, the one for me, where it all turned for me, is when one Dupree picked from the base, the next Dupree carried over the line, got held up in the five-metre line, and, and then they just looked at each other, hands on hips... And I thought, yeah, this isn't... They need to find something different right right now. I think, actually, if Lude was playing, it might have been a different game. Oh, come on. It wouldn't have been a different result. I think it... Uh, nah. I don't think one player... Tri- I don't think he's worth 30 think, points. Yeah, so I just yeah. think that these sort of games compound. Yeah. So you get past a point of no return, and then the score heaps up. I don't think they get past that point of, point of no return. Maybe, maybe they do, actually. I, he would have... Two of the areas that Sale got bullied certainly towards the end were the scrum and the line out oh. and he he would show those up he doesn't stop the things like the Victor Vito offload for the Gregory no, Aldrich no. trial oh, I love that which was just oh magnificent oh this, the scrummaging of La Rochelle yeah I, I was looking at the two teams at the, at the front of the line out and Bevan Rod's a big man but it just looks like he's exactly the same proportions as uh, Weenie Antonio just a lot like less of it 80% yeah, um, scale model. Just, uh, yeah, literally a you know, two to one scale model, and then they get into the scrum, and his form looks great to me. I was like, oh, he's in a nice position here. Bam, just unstoppable. Yeah. It's the mass. I mean, Bevan Ron is still such a young man. Yeah, twenty twenty one against Uini Antonio might not have the best scrummaging form, but against world class scrummaging prop, but he's what. 25, 30 kilos heavier than Bevan Rod. Bevan Rod. Yeah, it's an enormous it's, And it's not like he's got lighter boys behind him as well. It's an enormous La Rochelle pack. I do think La Rochelle are going to struggle, though, when they come up against... Um, who is up against next, actually? Uh, yeah, they're home to... Leinster. 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 Yeah, right. Yeah. So, I don't think I need to talk about sale shocks. But, uh, no, no, just, just, just to disaster. be positive about um, La Rochelle, like, again, Ronan Nagara, his reputation is growing... By the day, I think you need to be careful with this one. I'm not. I'm not convinced on it. Yes, he beat. They really beat Sale badly. I would not be surprised if they get themselves get beaten badly against well, Toulouse. Yeah, but that that would. I think semi-finals of the Champions Cup for La Rochelle represents a fantastic season already. Second in the top fourteen as well. They yeah. want to get something out of that. Uh, yeah, it's hard but, to say. Yeah, I'd, I'd, it's hard to I'd say agree. it's not, isn't it? Yeah. It's hard to say. You know, you one game away from a final. It's not a good. This cold keep ball alive thing has been bugging me all week, all week. Keep ball alive. Do you know what it means? It means win the game line. You can do what you want. That's what it means. There's no nobody says keep ball. You can't play keep ball alive if you no, no. It's what you do when you do win the game line. Like some people's mentalities are such that, and we've seen this with Esther Hayes and uh, Quinns and him doing that. And Don, Don Brandt and Esther Hayes and between them have been a massive part of this at Quinns where. Yes, you win the game line, you get yourself past it, but what you do then? Do you just keep pumping your legs like Dan Dupree? Uh, Dan, well, no, actually, Dan Dupree's Dan Dupree off-load. throws offloads he, everywhere. He, he, he needs to stop that. But that's the point. But actually, <laughs> and, and the mindset of Quinn's players is just to assume that Don Brandt or Esther Hazen are going to get over the game line. And, and it's the same with people with Randrandra. We saw the Piers O'Connor try the other week. Assume that he's going to take a gamble that he's going to get through that game line and take the offload yeah. and you're in open space. And that's, I think, what winning Ronan Agar is getting at. Right? Winning the game line... Uh, cures many, many ills. You know, very average handling players can look like rugby gods if you've got five yards o- over the game line and you've got some guy hanging off your back. Just throw the ball. I mean, the real skillful offloads, I would say, are the ones who do it as they're getting smashed. Or have you seen the sneaky ones where they 
between two defenders and kind of yeah. Sonny Bill, Sonny Bill yeah. style. I mean, that, yeah. yeah, what Sonny Bill does, yeah, he does win the game line beautifully, but he doesn't need to, and that's the difference I think. When Ronan Agora is talking about keep the ball alive, and all the journalists are swooning over KBA, it's nonsense. It just means get over the game line. No, it's a, it's a mindset. I think it's a holistic thing. Do you know what I've also found quite interesting? Uh, Alex Anderson did not like. I don't think he liked being asked questions about KBA because that's sort of like a novel. Novelty side thing, which another coach has come up with. I don't think he, I don't think he appreciated it because he wants the some, yeah the, dif- the, um, the point of the point of difference. Yeah, he wants the attention for the difference to be on him rather than the opposition. Yeah, I felt that really got got under his skin actually. I well, mean, I could be completely wrong on that. That's just me reading between the lines. He needs a snappy slogan, or he needs to have <laughs> smelted down his, How about get over uh, the game his, line? his wolf medallion <laughs> yeah. and have a shark medallion to be the, the talking point. Get over the effing game line? That would be my other... <laughs> he's got his former defence coach, line speed, more line speed. Yeah, more lines, just more or line speed. Or gain line speed. You should do it like there's that, uh, I don't know what it is, is it Alan Partridge, whether it's in the day-to-day or actually in Alan Partridge where he goes, yeah, you... Get the ball to him and then <laughs> score a goal. Yeah, exactly. It's simple. It's simple. More line speed. Yeah, but fair play, Lara Show is great. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, uh, MLS more line speed. LT- LTBP. <laughs> LTBP. There you go. Perfect. Perfect. How can anything go wrong now? Uh, so, so Rochelle's opponents will be Leinster, Leinster, who handily beat the champions. Now this is this is where I want to talk about sale first. Because now, of course. now we can talk about um, Ex- Exeter and Leinster. 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 Here are two teams that know exactly, well, they don't know exactly what to do, but they have a rough idea of what to do when plan A fails. And I thought that was a much, much more interesting game for that because for the life of me, I thought Leinster were done after 10 minutes. They were losing the collisions. Uh, Exeter knew they needed to up the intensity even more. And Leinster knew how to deal with that, even when they were getting bullied. They didn't lose their head, and that was the most impressive thing about the whole the whole performance. The, the way that Leinster, you're exactly right. Exeter go fourteen nil up after eight minutes. Yeah, and it was it was too easy for them. You, they, they win the collisions, they win the set piece, and then it just got too easy for them out wide. And they scored two brilliant tries. The first one a little bit fortuitous because it Hugo Keenan and then Sexton fall off yeah. O'Flaherty, and he just. With two missed t- tackles in midfield, he's I like the, the way you said it. Oh, Flaherty! Then. Oh, Flaherty! Yes, um, but then so Leinster reeling, and they just—I uh, I was thinking of the the Pat Lamphrey's of like um, what trust the systems, trust the process. They didn't do anything different, Leinster. They nope. consolidated. They trusted their set piece. They trusted phases. Actually, their first try came from uh, I don't know ten, twelve plus phases. And really importantly, they trusted their defence because beyond that Exeter, beyond that first eight minutes, Exeter really struggled to break down that Leinster defence. Yeah, yeah, completely, completely agreed. And I thought they were very similar to each other, actually, particularly particularly up front. Like the back rows seem to be comprised, broadly speaking, the same. They seem to have the same jobs. Yeah, everything looked. They, 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 they were like a mirror image. Yeah, there's there's massive parallels between the way they play, and they play like all the best, the absolute best teams. Where you've got the the gnarly pack, you've got the electric backs. If you choose to to use them, if your pack 
does enough damage that will create space for the electric backs and you can you can almost flip between the the hard nosed stuff and the slightly softer stuff once you've earned the right to do so. So uh, Baxter was talking in his um, midweek pre- press conference and he was breaking down his back row. So he basically told everyone his back row on, on Wednesday. Which, which, which everyone kind of knew yeah. anyway. Uh, the amazing thing about Baxter is like there is nothing more to know about Exeter because we know everything. Like yeah. you know, It's there for everyone to see. It isn't complex. It's just there. And if you ask him a question, he'll give you the most common sense answer that he possibly can. Because, well, that is correct. That's literally what they're going to do. But I did love how he he broke down the back row as uh, Sam Simmons um, obviously does what Sam Simmons does. Uh, the, the Marlin, his key strength is his arrivals. I don't know what that even means. But he arrives in the right place at the right time to, you know, to do things. Presumably rooks and carrion, clearing, clearing rooks and carrion, because... Yeah, that, that is the, most of what he does. Yeah, defensive arrivals and attacking yeah. arrivals. I thought that's a smart way I, I of looking th- at it. I think he actually just means that when they do away trips, he he's really <laughs> he's really late arriving to the airport, but always manages to walk straight through. Perfect. Oh, in times at the departure line as they're getting on the plane, like us going to uh, Marseille. <laughs> no, the other one. Uh, yeah, 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 going from going from going, getting out Marseille. of Marseille, going from Marseille to Rome, and and Rome to yeah, the other one, Nice, Nice. That's it. God, oh, uh, I never want to do that again. Never. It's like a movie. <laughs> I can, I've, said, I've said it before. On retard, but on retard. Je suis en retard. Je suis en retard. We know Tim. As we know. We're, as we're sweating. Uh, the look, the looks we got from some French people. <laughs> but oh. the thing he did also say is debuters, and he described him as his game line monster. Mm. And I also like the way that somebody on comms described Ruddock as the, their version yeah. of, of viewers. And you look at it and you think, bloody hell, yeah, you're absolutely right. That is absolutely that- spot on. And then I guess Conan and Simmons are not similar, but if you compare the kind of Simmons and Van der Fleer and Conan and yeah. um, from Ireland. That's more similar. So I do think he's wrong there about the balance because if Dave Hughes is your game line monster, why not have three of them? <laughs> why not have Ruddock, Hughes, and the, and another? <laughs> um, so Rob Baxter's comments after the game, I think he was absolutely spot on. He said that they went into meltdown mode too early. Well, no, no, hold on. He said firstly they went off script at times, and every time they went off script, it hurt them. And they went into meltdown. That's interesting. They went into meltdown mode too early. The scoreboard wasn't as bad as the players seemed to think it was. We just needed to squeeze a score. So basically, I think very uh, unlike Exeter, they were forcing the odd thing up against a brilliant mm. defence. Let's not let's, yeah. let's not forget. But it, it, it's interesting um, that he said they went off script because I actually think they stuck to the script too rigidly. And what I mean by that is, mm. within the last ten minutes, they had two kickable penalties. Yeah, they were eight points down. Under normal extra circumstances, they kick for the corner, um, and more often than not, they will score a try. They kick for the corner twice or possibly even three times and failed on all of them because errors were forced. Had they have not stuck to the script and taken the three, they're within a single score. And I know that's not the Exeter way, but... Exeter aren't always playing what are lent to four times European champions. Mm. Yeah, so, okay, mixed thoughts on that. Just from a psychological point of view, if you kick your points, what message does that send? Do you feel panicked or uncomfortable because you know you're not doing extra things? Well, so I understand that that argument, and it's like you have to back yourself. 
you have to trust your systems, which is something I said um, again earlier, and something that Leinster did. But there's a there's a trust in the systems, and then there's just a pure reality. And the reality is that Exeter, when they are playing, just say a normal Premiership game, mm-hmm. their lineout success, their scrum success, their rook success, their gain line success will be ninety five to one hundred percent. Because they're playing Leinster, all of those numbers drop down by 10%. So you're 10% less likely to win the line-out, you're 10% less likely to win the scrum, 10% less likely to win the gain line. And when you compound that up for across the number of phases that Exeter have to go through to get those scores, it means you're actually... It, you're not just 10% less likely to score, you are considerably less likely to score. And, and so I, I think Exeter had to take mm, the three and I, I, with I, that I, frame of mind. I hadn't thought of that, but I think you're right because... The consequences of Exeter scoring the three means that Leinster know one score and we and we lose. Yeah. But the consequence of Exeter going for it and failing is a massive psychological boost. Oh, the boost for Leinster when they twice did it, they yeah. twice stopped them in the twenty-two. That is huge, and that that changed the game. But that yeah. reminds me of the Saracens That's a great game. Shout. They won in Saracens game against Saracens a few years ago, uh, and they kept going to the corner. And it was the build-up of pressure in the corner, even though they didn't score every one of those times. Yeah. That led to that victory. And and, and on, go, yeah, sorry. No, because on top of that, there's also the semi-final and the final of Europe last season uh, against Toulouse and whoever was in it was it Racing '92. Yes, in the final it was Racing. Yeah, which they did the like they trusted the Exeter system. So maybe maybe I'm looking at this with um, perfect 2020 hindsight. Yeah, because they you're, you're exactly right, Jade. They've done this before. They've done the Exeter way before, and it has led to success. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I would take the points. I would always take I, the points. In knockout rugby, I would always take the points. Yeah, but, but I, Exeter have done it. They've always done it the Exeter way, and it has both worked and failed now. Yeah. Now, that, that doesn't mean one is right and one is wrong, but I'd, had they taken the points initially in this, I kind of would have backed them to, to get that score because then they know they they only need that one score. What was, the, what was their scoreline position at that time? It was eight, eight down, wasn't it? it was, they were eight down, but was it like twenty one, twenty nine, or something like that? Twenty twenty nine. What did extra? It was ex, sure. what I extra mean, finished on? I think twenty two extra finished. Th- on. 20, the, it's twenty two thirty then. I think the best strategy. Uh, they finished on thirty four, so it must have been. Oh, t- I, I can't remember now. Well, My, ultimately, uh, the best frozen, strategy so. is not to throw away a fourteen point lead. Uh, that that's an even better strategy. That's what I would say. It, just keep if you keep your fourteen points and you stop them scoring uh, any. They, they were nine points down, Phil. But same point. Na- same, uh, same nine points. They, yeah. They were okay. Thirty-one, twenty-two down. Right. Okay. But same, yeah. same, same difference. Yeah, um, yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't change the, well, the logic. I think Robbie Henshaw hit the nail on the head, and it, what a, what a game he had. Both sides of the ball. But yeah. he said it was right up there with international standard. Yeah, oh, you, you yeah. that was as close you as you yeah. get without being an actual international. Uh, in match. fact, at some points, particularly the opening thirty, I would say, the, the way X were playing, I, I wonder if they punched themselves out a bit because they were so physical. Johnny Hill, I don't know how you continue to play like that for eighty minutes. Actually, yeah, I'm so relieved he didn't get a yellow or red card. That could so, that, that could have been an awful thing to be talking about post game when he got that penalty for the what what was it in my opinion a legitimate hit. With a with a sw- with the arm wrapping and making contact, mm. it's, that's a really yeah. tough one because we saw that a couple of times in different games. We, we saw it twice in this twice game because Kirsten yeah. Kirsten did uh, carbon exactly copy. The same, yeah. It. yeah, it was almost Kirsten was slightly more upright. Well, I, I actually would have been I would have been okay with a yellow. 
I, th- I think the the um, the penalty only. I was very surprised. I think is the right call, but mm. I would have been okay. And it's it comes down to this subjective element of the guidelines of the laws, which is yeah. the the force applied to it. So is it low force in which it's a penalty, medium mm. force it's a yellow card, and high force it's a red, subject then to mitigation, which can I, mitigate it I noticed, down. I noticed. I noticed the. In fact, I think all of the French referees, there was one in the Northampton Ulster game as well. He used this phrase a few times. I think I heard it in the Exeter game. Uh, an accident. It was an accident. Yeah, <laughs> which, which is... I quite, that, that's a, I quite like that, but I mean, as you pointed out, intent is kind of irrelevant and the framework's meant to be there to take it away. But as it happened, yeah. I quite like a little bit of um, feeling accident. added to it, not just yeah. a, not just a, a, a flow chart. I don't. I dislike the phrase accident. What I much prefer the one that you came up with is years ago, but it has um, crept into common parlance actually, which is a rugby incident. And the Morgan Parra, his he got his head clipped by someone's hip. I can't remember who it was. Was it the, the twelve Aki um, yeah. in the Claremont Toulouse game? And that was a total rugby incident. Parry went down rightly holding his head because it hit against someone else's hip. It was no one's fault. There shouldn't have been a penalty or a, a yellow or a red. And it was just purely a, a rugby incident, which there is there are risks in rugby that we all we all know about and it happens. Um, You've got to say fair play to Leinster because they didn't play last week. They rolled over Munster the week prior they're potentially not going to play again. Well, no, they'll probably play some they'll of the play, inter-provincial yeah. games. Even they've got if, a semi. So got a, no, no, so, that's what I mean. Before so got, the yeah. semi in three weeks' time. Yeah, they've got two weeks. I think they'll play one game in the Rainbow Cup if it all takes place. As what happens if it doesn't? They just extend the Pro, what, what I reckon the pro 14's done. Well, well, I reckon, they raise the final and just, so we just add some more games to it. I, I was thinking about this. If they do cancel the whole Rainbow Cup, and then, like, I, 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 what a force. have they spent... I bet the Welsh regions have spent the money already that they thought they were getting for the TV for that already. By the way, have you heard the story coming out of Llanethly, the Scarlets, about last week's game? Uh, what, getting no. pumped by sale? What, yeah. The, the Welsh lads were using Welsh national calls. I mean, if that's true, that is staggering. That is staggering. How many Welsh guys were there? There's Halfpenny, Williams. Williams um, there's Davis. Um, Davis who came on. Johnny Williams has been in the Welsh squad. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a few of them. But, like, that can't be that can't be a real thing, can it? Surely uh, Gareth Davis would be another one. Yeah. So. Yeah, sorry, that's who I meant, Gareth Davis. Yeah, so I'm just thinking this through logically now. And... Well, yeah. Uh, if if you're banging the drum about getting all the internationals back, so it raises the profile of the game in Wales and the regions get stronger, surely they would have been better off without playing these players. And the week before last, they didn't have a game because it was the final final of the, the Pro 14. Yeah. So what on earth were they doing? Like, the chief executive came out and said, oh, they're all knackered and they had to decompress <laughs> after six, six Nations. Well, don't have them then. Don't <laughs> ransom their careers. If you don't think they're any good for Europe because they're decompressing like a deep-sea diver, then well, what was the point in this whole escapade? Why, why aren't uh, Leinster feeling like that? Or why aren't uh, Munster feeling like that? The whole thing's a farce. Why, why aren't DuPont and Entomac feeling like that? Yeah, decompressing. <laughs> yeah, used, I mean, if they've used the wrong calls, my, my God. And not just once, it sounds like what the chief executive was saying, it was the whole game. Like, at some point you're going to realise you're not playing in the Millennium Stadium. I, <laughs> I, I now want to do, I now want to go to Scarlet's and do like, 
Uh, now let's go down to Timmy's pitch side. Yeah, I'm hearing this hy- uh, next to the hyperbaric decompression chamber. <laughs> Lee! What is this? Lee! <laughs> what is this idea of decompressing? Like, come on. A professional rugby player. Anyway. Decompression from the celebrations I could possibly understand. Oh, do you know? That, do you know? Uh, no, I, I reckon that what, what might they might what they might actually be getting at with that is the boys can't go out for a beer after the game. They, yeah. can, they can't go and get in amongst can't, it. Can't be wild. Well, actually, I do have after mocking the decompression thing. Uh, I did a story <laughs> about Tom Curry, which was raised in uh, was it last week or this week? It was this, this week. Usually, he comes back from Six Nations, and the pressure is so great he is ill, like actually like flu symptoms the week after. Oh, so like, the pressure is real. I, yes, but the, what I'm saying is, he he still played, right? And Ireland, all the Irish players still played. Everyone still bloody played. So well, the Irish players played the Pro 14 final. Yeah, uh, m- probably m- more a, Munster. A few than, of them didn't. A few, a few didn't, but all the Munster lads did. Henshaw yeah, did. The Hugo Keenan did. did. Um, right, loads of them were on the bench for Leinster. I mean, assuming assuming they were fully compressed when they played. Maybe that's what they did. Maybe, they did maybe, it's a, maybe it was a partial state of compression. Oh, yeah. Is that more or less dangerous? Got no idea. No idea. <laughs> it was, uh, I think it was quite deliberate of us to put Phil closest to the camera on, on the YouTube live stream, because um, that's what, what a lot of the comments are about. Um, is Phil trying to get in the extra side himself with that barnet? Says Penn the Big. <laughs> and Ed, Ed McComer or Comber. I'm sorry if I'm not saying that right. Phil, uh, us dad bod gents would greatly appreciate less bicep flexing. Yeah, <laughs> more bicep. We'll, we'll, we'll enforce long sleeves in future videos. Uh, like one Steve Diamond, uh, long sleeve polo shirt for the BT Sport, nailing it again. Dimes, mm-hmm. nailing it. Again. I, I like him as a pundit. Brilliant yeah. as a pundit, isn't he? Yeah. I honestly think he's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, yeah. He, he's good value because he, he's just. He nails it. He's he just it. yeah. He he's knowledgeable, but he's also entertaining. Yeah, I, I'd loved it if he would have said, "Nah, it wouldn't have happened on my watch." That yeah. no way, it wouldn't have happened he, on my watch. My team would have got rolled over like that. I know, uh, I know he was thinking it. I know, <laughs> I know what I was thinking. I know exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> oh, can you talk about the thing? Which the thing of the thing? The thing which you so. Oh, I'm, I'm intrigued. Became aware on Thursday night. Was it? There's an idea. Yeah, that um, I won't go into any details about how I know this, but that um, mm. Sale, Sale were requesting to transport a what looked like a World War Two shell, or it was a, a World War Two bomb. World War Two bomb. A bomb casing. Someone asked a question about this uh, in the comments. Is that like a well-known thing? I haven't heard this. I, I believe it's one of Sanderson's themes. So yeah, so I, he wanted to transport a World War Two bomb. Shell, not a bomb. Yeah, it was, the it was, shell it was of a the, bomb. It was the metal casing. The metal casing of a bomb. He wanted to take that with them on the plane to on La Rochelle. The plane to La Rochelle. Yeah. <laughs> now, I looked at it and I yeah. thought, that looks like a, a, an artillery shell to me. It looks like an artillery shell casing because of the bands, but no, it was apparently... It, See, God, I'll tell you what, there's some, uh, there's some of those certain type of rugby fans that hate even the mention of battle or... Stuff like that. They hate all that war, they're, they're, war imagery being mentioned. Yeah, they're not fans. They're, 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 they hate they're, it. Yeah. They would have hated this. Oh, God. Imagine. But then Alex Anderson says it. So what, what do they do now? They're torn. They're torn. <laughs> yeah. It's Anderson said it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Uh, anyway, it didn't help sale, clearly. Clearly. No, I well, did, So they did they get the shell. World War II shell there, or did they not? I believe so. Yeah, yeah. Wow. God, I really want to go to La Rochelle. I, I, I don't really know. really want to go to... Oh, I'd love to go to when they've got a crowd in as well. I, I, they should have got like a, 
a, a landing craft um, on wheels to drive them onto the pitch. <laughs> so, <laughs> drop the barrier. And then... <laughs> I told you uh, on my other podcast, uh, pilot episodes, a few months ago now, maybe six, six, maybe, maybe six, six weeks ago, we interviewed a guy from uh, 617 Squadron who fought in the Second World War. And he was, was obviously 617. How old is he? Know. What? Is he, like you spoke to him on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how old is he now? He's in his 90s. Yeah, there's, uh, there's not many left, is there? No, there is not. Gosh, it's really sad, that. Yeah. Well, it's good, though. It's important to get the stories while we can. Oh, mm, absolutely. Yeah. So he was 617, which was dam busters. Wow. And, but he didn't actually drop any bombs on on the dams. He joined after that raid. Oh, OK. So his job was dropping these enormous tall boy bombs... Uh, on La Rochelle. That was literally what they were doing. Uh, which is why the... And it's a race. Like, how many bombs can you drop on a uh, U-boat pen in La Rochelle compared to how quickly can German engineers reinforce Rebuild with, them. With, with more concrete? Wow. Yeah. I bet Ray's prefab would be very useful. Very oh, it, handy. Yeah. Uh, if you, for, yeah, if you're going to build any U-boat pens, get in touch. For <laughs> a, uh, into my DMs. For, for, a, for a little weekend away, it's... Uh, it's one of those towns, like the ground and the stadium and on a match day is incredible. It's a really small town, so you'd probably want it... You'd probably sort of thought, oh, I could do with, like, a, a few more bars and stuff. It's quite small, but mm. beautiful. It's like one of those... If you, if you want it, if you, if you had to combine uh, your love of rugby with uh, a romantic weekend away, La Rochelle would be a good spot. Been to Toulouse yet? No, I really want to do that one. Yeah, that, that's the other one I really... Toulouse to... and Bordeaux, the two, yeah. the two grounds that are meant to be incredible on match day that I've not done. So, so I've only flown out of Toulouse, and there is a club shop in the airport. Is in there? Toulouse Airport. That's where I got my... Uh, during my Toulouse tie. Oh, yeah. Which is very smart. Um, I'm just looking, actually, because... I was just thinking La Rochelle and Bordeaux, they're both on the West Coast. Yes. Halfway up. Uh-huh. Go um, on. Well, it's like two hours. It's like yeah, it's about it's, 100 miles or something, isn't it? Yeah, it's two two-hour drive between the two. And what is slap bang in the middle of the two, if we're going to do a, a tour? Now, my geography of France isn't very good. Italy. <laughs> <laughs> no, West Coast of France in the middle of the two. In between the two. Two? It's not, it's not, a, it's not um, a rugby ground. It's something that we might... It's maybe an activity, perhaps. Oh, right, no, hold Laser on. Quest. So I know that near La Rochelle, they have... Um, what's that drink that they have that they make there? The the brand, Not brandy, is it? It's, it's not brandy, brandy but no. it's, it's what's a French... Cavoisier, no. Yeah, well, well Cavoisier is a cognac. Cognac, it's cognac. Ah, so right. ah. I'm just looking here of our route from... If we were to, say, we were to go, say, do a um, Friday night game in La Rochelle and then drive to a Bordeaux... Uh, the Cognac region is just right around here. Do they do Thursday night games in top 14? In Pro de Deux. Pro de Deux, top... Ah, uh, yeah. So then the, the, French, the French TV deal has... You could do Friday, since, Saturday, Sunday. The French, you know how many games we've had the last two weekends, like 16 games? That's every single weekend on, on Canal Plus in France because the French TV deal is 35% of the money goes to the second division, 65% to the first division, and they broadcast every Everything. game. Wow. So I'm not being ungrateful, Phil. Thank you for looking. But I'm wondering, is there a way that we can watch Friday night, the Thursday night, Friday night? Yeah, well, do you know I'd what? end up in Barcelona. That's and what I'm asking. Uh, <laughs> do you know, an, an emerging part of France as a rugby region is like Brittany in the north coast, which is not a hotbed of rugby Ruin. traditionally. Ruin, yeah. But like Van uh, is the place where Nick Abendanen is and where there's a player, there's a player Henry Trinder's Trinder just gone on loan. Yeah. yeah, and Ruin is where... Uh, Carl Ferns, Carl Ferns, Carl Ferns, Ferns what was Newcastle. Yeah. 
which I still don't think it's been hasn't announced. been announced. No, but he is in. Well, it's well, it was first of April, so he is there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I've got a little quiz before we get on to the other two. Um, Beautiful, the other two games. Go well, for it. Because we, we need challenge cup as well. Do we need pen and paper or? Um, Phones? Uh, no, uh, I can get up a yeah, word, yeah, yeah. Get word up, document. Get up a word document, get your phone up. And what this is, this was... Um, this is nicknames of players. So I'm going to give you the nickname, mm. you're going to oh. tell me the player. <laughs> okay. I'm trying to remember why I, why this <laughs> happened. There was a reason why this came up. Please don't tell me you've included Paddy Jackson or Israel Folau in this quiz. Uh, no, definitely not, mate. <laughs> don't worry. Um, the first one is the chiropractor. Oh, Which okay. rugby player is known as the chiropractor? Yeah. Okay, so write that one down. Okay. Question two, Bam Bam. Oh! Which rugby player is affectionately known, or was affectionately known, either or, as Bam Bam by his teammates? <laughs> Third okay. one, Mad Dog. <laughs> Mad Dog. Mad Dog. <laughs> Mad Dog. Oh, I know. I, I, every one of these... It yeah, you, I'll probably kick myself when you tell me this. Okay. Go on. Okay, the next one is the Raging Potato. <laughs> okay. Okay. Wait. Yeah. Uh, okay. Raging Potato. Next one is... OTG. <laughs> OTG. If you know, do you know it? I'm looking at you because I'll, I'll tell you what OTG stands for, and then uh, I, I don't know it. Okay, only the good. Oh, no idea. Only the good. He was known as by his teammates in in one particular team. Only the good. OTG. <laughs> no idea. Okay. Uh, next one. The fun bus. Oh, okay. okay. These range from reasonably easy to incredibly hard in yeah. my mind. Uh, next one. Wig. Wig. I'll give you a clue on that one. He listens to the podcast oh. regularly. He, uh. is, he is a regular. He's a, he's a he's a proper listener. Uh, give me one second. To the point he. Uh, Dan no, Carter. I'm not, not going to say yeah. No, don't worry. No, okay. Wig. Dan Carter. Yes. <laughs> Bo- him, him, him and Bowden both have egg chasers ties. <laughs> yeah. I wonder. Um, no, he doesn't. Dan Carter doesn't. Dan Carter Dan. doesn't. Bodie does. Bodie and Rico Yuani. And, and McCaw. Richie McCaw. McCaw. Yeah, you're right. He wears it whilst, uh, whilst flying. Yeah. Um, uh, wig. Uh, hang, 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 hang. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, okay, got it. Uh, Rikishi. <laughs> so this person has two nicknames. He's sometimes known as Rikishi. He's, he's also known as Jukebox. Jukebox. Oh. R- Rikishi and Jukebox. Okay. <sighs> Okay. That's eight. Um, and the only other one is Nobody. And this one was coined by the press, actually, not by his teammates, but this particular player who... Um, all right, I'll give you a clue on no, this no, one. No, 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 that's fine. You're fine with that one. Do you know that one? Yeah. All oh, right, okay, Nobody then. Right, that's fine. That's that's nine. I'd have uh, a clue if you are going to give it. I'll, I'll, save, I'll save number ten okay. in, ca- in case we need a, a okay. tiebreaker. We so, probably won't. So you got them written down, yeah? Yeah. Chiropractor, Bam Bam, Mad Dog, The Raging Potato, OTG, The Fun Bush, Wig, Rikishi and Jukebox, and Nobody. Okay, The Chiropractor. Brian um, Lima. Yeah. Correct, Brian you both Lima. got that written yeah. down. Good, one all. Bam Bam. JB, you look less sure. <sighs> I, I'm not sure at Steph all. Steph Armitage? 
No. I, I put Stephen Ferris. It's David Pocock was known by his Aussie oh. teammates. But apparently he was really clumsy and would injure his teammates in training. <laughs> <laughs> they called him Bam Bam. Oh, yes! Yes! What? Oh, I just remembered um, ne- uh, the next one. Okay, Mad Dog. Uh, Phil. I've, I've put Keith Wood. Oh, you're going to so. kick yourself. Lewis Moody. Correct. Oh, Mad Dog God. Moody. Oh, my God. 2-1 to JB. The Raging Potato. Ty Furlong. Oh, it is Ty Furlong. I was going to say Rory Best. Uh, it's Keith Wood. Oh, ah, is it? Yes. <laughs> Thank God. Oh. Uh, that one was. I think that was was coined when he was on the Lions tour in '97. Uh, okay. Potato, Soft, so yeah. you know, before political correctness, basically. <laughs> um, OTG only the good. You're going to kick yourself if you don't get it. Dan Carter. No. I put Nick Evans. But... Only the good die young. Oh. <laughs> Still two one oh. JB. The fun bus. Jason Leonard. Jason Leonard. Three two JB. Wig. Is. Is it Roundtree? I've put Roundtree. You're both correct. Yes. Four three JB Graham Roundtree, known as Wig, because apparently when he had his hair, when his hair grew when he was back at Leicester, it used to grow in loads of different direct, uh, directions. So it just looked like it, when, when his hair grows out, it looks like he has a wig. Uh, Rikishi slash jukebox. This has to be Trevor Leota. I've put Trevor Leota. Oh, I see, no, um, <laughs> I see where you're saying it. Uh, no, it's Tyg Furlong. Oh, oh, what? That's what he's known as. Really. Oh. And finally, then, and it, I think JB's going to win this one if he knows this last one. As, do you know nobody? I've put something, but I don't know it. Well, well I've put Freddie you, Burns, but I've not. I just a total. Well, nobody, because nobody's perfect, right? Nobody's perfect. So correct. it's a 10. I'm sure it's a 10, but I can't like, me remember which one it is. Unless it's. Got, what have you put? I've not put anyone yet. I'm going to. It was coined by the Australian press Liner? on their World Cup winning captain, two-time World Cup winning captain. Oh, it's John Eels. Uh, John Eels. Oh. Oh, damn it, I knew it was someone yeah. Southern Hemisphere. I can't remember the reason why I I came up with that, but it was something over the weekend that happened. Was it someone's me, nickname? That made me think about nicknames, yeah. Mm. Anyway, never mind. Anyway, good, right. Good quiz. Oh, well, you missed, you, you missed some belters there. Um, King of Wilmslow. <laughs> Sam James Sam, uh, Sam James There's loads uh, Lord Hammer of Hammershire Yeah Might get that one Yeah If, if you Should have called me first There's <laughs> not, not really a quiz <laughs> If you two are both in on it Life is full of what ifs Some awesome Like what if AI Could fold your laundry And some well Less awesome Like what if you have Unexpected medical costs United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Uh, right, we've got... Um, those two games today, 
in the other <coughs> semi-finals. Who would have predicted that with those four teams <coughs> playing and that amount of attacking talent on, you would have 78 points scored all from penalty kicks hmm. and, drop, and one drop goal? Yeah, it's interesting, I, wasn't it? Zero tries. I would not have predicted it. I mean, you've got I'm, unbelievable odds on that. Yeah, I, I really would not have predicted it. And I was, I was watching these games, particularly the second one, trying to work out why. And I wonder, because it's not... I wonder if it's the French on French thing because certainly La Rochelle did not. Don't talk to us about your your uh, your favourite <laughs> subcategory on exotic why, why websites, Phil. <laughs> but I, I wondered, and I was watching this, thinking, are they too afraid of losing to really go out and win? And I, I mean that in in two regards. One that um, the pressure came on, and, and well, all four teams in multiple different scenarios blew good chances like even if, if you just watch the last 10 minutes of Claremont Toulouse there's a break down the left wing by Matsushima when DuPont makes a really good tackle on the reserve second row um, oh, yeah. late on Jedrasak Jedrasak yeah and then the final play of the game when Toulouse have already won it they have a 2 on 1 to score a try and blow that and it's even if you just take that little 10 minutes the pressure was on them so that they were making mistakes, and not not just those two on ones missed or those breaks missed. The the flip side of it was there were quite a lot of cynical penalties given away when teams got into the red zone because they were almost happy to give away the the three points, and in some cases even the yellow card and three points, rather than concede the try. And I just wonder how much of it was the the dual French, the pride of playing your fellow countrymen I wonder how much I wonder whether any sort of element and I'm not trying to overplay this I think it's only a small fraction but how much of an element was comparatively we saw from some of the other games the French refs just let stuff go sometimes yeah they do that might be why the uh, top 14 is growing so so fast (laughs) maybe Uh, yeah it could be that I mean I think the French teams are very reactive they know they can score when they want to that's why you have the games that you do against uh, Sale or the ones from last weekend where tries were fairly abundant and they look like proper cup games. I think when they face off against each other, they know exactly what's coming. And to a large degree, they cancel each other out. But when they play Leinster or when they play whoever it is they're going to play next, I think you will see plenty of tries if the other team scores scores tries. The Bordeaux game was dire as a rugby game, that was. It was quite bad. intense, though. It was intense, oh. but it was so stop-start. Yeah. But it, I think a lot of these edgy games are... They, you know, they, it's just the nature of the beast. They can be, um, and if you if you wind it back to the World Cup final eighteen months ago, and so not necessarily even the World Cup final, but like the can sem- we just talk, can we talk about the semi final instead? Yeah, I'd much prefer that. Like the, the semi, but historically, um, semi finals, finals. Um, the, the South Africa Wales game was one of the best examples. That was just a total total arm wrestle. Mm. Um, mm. <laughs> delicious uh, yeah, arm wrestle. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, look at the first half of the sale game. Yeah, there were tries, but it was very stop-stop, particularly the first 20 when they're trying to work out, are these guys really as good as we think carrying? Sale are doing the same thing. And it's not until they settled down and they really worked each other out, you started to see the game flow. With the French teams, they're just so massive. You know, uh, Toulouse are massive, uh, Clermont are massive. What did you expect? And they, they don't have to work each other out because they play each other twice a year, yeah. every year. Um, so they know exactly what's coming. But yeah, it was it was surprising um, because there's. I mean, 
that Claremont and Toulouse game and, and the other game Bordeaux and um, Racing 92 game there's so much firepower in all of those teams there wasn't Finn Russell Vakatawa and who's the other centre for Racing Christ, yeah. they really missed those two. who's the 12 who's the 12 for uh because uh, it's not Fiku because he's going there next season. But um, no, twelve. That's a great question. I do know. I, I know. The anyway, they, they, neither of the centres. Well, the whole midfield was not there for Racing, and that's massive. Did, did Curly Beal play? And Iribaren, we haven't seen him as well. So that's like the nine, ten, twelve, yeah. thirteen, all yes. out. Yeah, um, Mashinou played. Uh, yeah, he, um, but not bad replacement. Not bad. Yeah, KB did play in the centre because of the the missing centres. Yeah, that's right. Um, can't remember who the 12, but anyway. Yeah. Doesn't matter. But uh, yeah, Racing will be absolutely devoured. I think. That... Racing are the new Claremont, who are also the old Claremont. Yeah, yeah Claremont are still Claremont. Yeah. But, but a shootout for the for the fifth star between Leinster to Toulouse would be immense. The, the, only, that... da- the only downside is it's not going to be. It's going to be played at one of their grounds, which I don't yeah. like. I don't like that. Ex- I mean, it's better than playing it in Marseille. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, oh, yeah, God, yeah. God, yeah. And Exeter had that advantage last year, didn't they? Yeah. Um, you want to take it to a premium stadium, don't you? Like, but the presumably. AJ Bell. <laughs> Presumably, um, it'll just be a coin toss for the fi- whoever gets the home final, because there's no seeding now because it's it's all been, yeah. and and there was no seeding really because we only ever played two group group stages. It was quite cool to see. I've never seen a rugby draw before with well, yeah. the, with the balls in the hat. I did enjoy. Oh, it. they do it for the World Cup, but a club one. Yeah. Live on TV. I, I, I did like the cuts away to just say we have got someone who's an official adjudicator. Cut to woman stood in corner, <laughs> looking stern. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Well, yeah do, where do they get these people from? Isn't it KPMG? Like literally, it, it, it is. I'm it wouldn't sure. surprise me if it was. Yeah, one of the big four. Yeah, because when you need something like audited, <laughs> yeah, you go to these people. Because no, where would you find them from? Yeah, the government auditing service. Yeah, <laughs> is there? An international audit service of sporting events. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they do. It, it probably sure is. It... The National Lottery get their people from either KPMG or Pricewaterhouse, <laughs> and they look very sternly at the balls as they come out. Um, <laughs> so, just on the travel to the European Cup, do you know what I saw on Thursday night? Driving uh, a World War II bomb being dri- <laughs> driven to Manchester oh, Airport. Was Wednesday night. Wednesday night. <laughs> Wednesday night. What was it? No, Tuesday night. There you are. It was Tuesday night. Right? So, I'm driving around late at night. Lurking around mm-hmm. in the shadows, in the shadows, but just just round the back of Piccadilly Station through, uh, no, through the archways. <laughs> no, but the, that's I, that's a local reference. But there's every city has these kind of areas. But, but I imagine that this convoy did originate from around that area. So, oh, you told me this. Yeah, this, this is, is mad, rough. and I don't know if I've got this right or not. But I overtook the Borussia Dortmund buses. Borussia Dortmund had uh, two or three buses in convoy on the 56 and this was about 11 o'clock at night so I finished rugby training I was driving home so it must have been like half ten um, and there were two Bruce Dortmund buses now here's my question because I googled them as soon as I got home and they are the Bruce Dortmund buses they weren't just like painted up as a, um, I don't know, a gimmick for someone else do have have the team because of COVID travelled on these two buses why would you need two buses for, for a football team it's a football team with 11 aside or do football teams drive their buses empty across Europe? Yeah, and what would be the what would be the cheaper solution to pay a driver and all the fuel and all the toll charges and all the crossing and everything to drive a bus there and all the way back to Germany, or 
to wrap a, a, a native bus in Manchester it, with Borussia Dortmund stuff. That's exactly it. But, but you'd have to wrap one in Manchester and then in Rome oh, and then Milan. Yeah, but nevertheless, which would be which would be the most economically viable? I, sus- I suspect the former. I suspect driving them. Wow. I don't, I've got no but idea. I, I, but I, I don't know. I thought maybe because it's COVID. So I, I put, the, put the poor fella. He's at, he's at the training ground on a Monday. Uh, to, see you later, lads. See you Wednesday, lads. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, well, rugby teams do actually drive their kit, don't they? Yeah. So, you so get... I wonder if they did, because they'll have a lot of training gear. If the players fly uh, and they drop send a lot of the gear, that would make sense. Because remember, that would make sense. Worcester did like an epic to France somewhere, uh, and they left uh, the, on Wednesday. Yeah, who went oh. to Krasna? No, not that one. That uh, the oh, place in for that as well. The place in Russia or oh yeah, Krasnyar. Connacht went out there, didn't they? Yeah. No, did they do Krasnyar? It was like a team like it was like a, a team like Worcester or something. Spent about two and a half it days was, getting there. Yeah, Worcester that did it in, did it in France. They had a Thursday, starting on Thursday. Well, when was it? Maybe a Monday for Thursday night game because it was the Challenge Cup. I mean, it's the same for me when, you know, back in the olden days, it's the same for me just getting to the AJ Bell. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, a lad lad I work with is a Liverpool season ticket holder, massive fan. He went to um, the Cup final in Ukraine a few years ago. He's only a young lad. And it was, because getting to Ukraine is... Well, there's very few flights. There's loads of charter flights, but there's mm. still very few for 50-plus thousand Liverpool fans. Um, and it was like over a grand, two grand a ticket. So he paid, I think it was only about 200 quid, for a bus to the Ukraine. I remember hearing about back. people doing this. Oh, my God. And so... I, was, I don't get... Like, halfway along that journey, I'm like, any amount of money. I don't get... I'll, yeah. I'll pay four grand to just yeah. make this end now. So I think it was... So the game was like half nine at night, Ukraine time on the Saturday night. I think he met at Anfield six a.m. on the Wednesday morning. Oh god! Travels all day Wednesday, god. all day Thursday, all day Friday. They had a, like a eight-hour stop off in Warsaw, I think, oh, on the god. Thursday or the Friday. Eight-hour stop off at Warsaw. Yeah, it was, it was. It was like in the middle of the day. It wasn't like an overnight stop off. Middle of the day. Travels all day Friday, all night Friday, all day Saturday. Arrives in Ukraine, Kiev, I think it was. Two hours before kickoff, sees the game, gets is on the bus an hour after kickoff. This is the one that after Liverpool full time. Why? Uh, sorry, after, sorry, an hour after full time. This is the one that Liverpool lost against Real Madrid. Oh my god! And does the whole <laughs> thing in reverse? Gets oh back god. on like the Tuesday afternoon. Oh my god! No, 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 no. It's like torture. It is, isn't it? Why are we holding in the Ukraine? People are so corrupt. <laughs> UEFA. I oh, mean, sorry, UEFA. And, that, and, and like, also FIFA. So yeah. <laughs> that is the most extreme example of sometimes I've I've regretted when I've gone rather than paying like fifty quid more or or whatever it is hundred quid more for a flight out of Gatwick or Heathrow and I've gone to Stansted or Luton and just it's just like what when I'm on my way there going what, what why did I do this yeah. how, how invaluable is my time yeah exactly <laughs> what what have I done yeah well talking about invaluable time the Challenge Cup. <laughs> Which one? Can we can we just for a second talk about um, Jelly Bear, who was the best player on the pitch for um, Bordeaux? Yes, I think. he he was quality. That kick at the end, fifty four meters with yeah. that much pressure on him, yeah. that was amazing. But Has for, it always been at Bordeaux, Jelly Bear? Don't know. I think so. Yeah, he came through as a kid. I remember seeing him um, uh, play away at Newcastle in the. Challenge Cup a few years ago, and he was at, yeah. He, that's like one of his first games. Because Sarin was, yeah, he, Bordeaux, wasn't he? 
So he's, he's Bordeaux. Baptiste so, Saran, yeah. Uh, Bordeaux from when he was nine years old, according to this. Crikey. That's some wise investment. Hmm. Hmm. Mm. So go on. Uh, you want to talk about Jalabert? Well, just just that, really. Just that. Um, I think he, he he was excellent. He played really well. He was unlucky. Uh, there's an amazing try-saving tackle on him um, halfway through the f- second half. But then that, that kick at the end of the game was awesome. Yeah. High pressure, and he nailed it. Nailed it. Yeah. That's it. That's why they pay him the big bucks. Since mm. nine years old. Since, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah Already Absolutely. a long career. Yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah. Challenge Cup. So, my favourite game of this week's Challenge Cup was... Actually, two. Ulster. You watched, You enjoyed Leicester. I did enjoy Leicester. Bullying I, Newcastle. Yeah, I thought this was a great game. It, it is a reminder, that game, uh, that like, some things don't change. And having tight heads that can bully the opposite tight head makes a big difference in rugby union. It's a simple formula, isn't it? They've got a guy who knows what they're doing now. They've got a couple of guys that know what they're doing. They've built a decent squad. And I think this week... It's such a fascinating game because this week they had that loaded bench... But they want. They need to make sure now that okay, we've got a fifteen that can roughly play. They think. They're, I don't think they're entirely sure, so, but they're all thereabouts. So, yeah, solid, solid more, fifteen. More than that, do you know what? I, I've I've got a. Well, I'm, I'm not taking anything back because I never I never said anything critical, but I've got to say I've underestimated Steve Borthwick big time. Yeah, me too, actually. Because fair play. Uh, so yeah, he kept a stacked bench, but. I genuinely don't think Leicester currently have an A and a B team. And that is an amazing place to be. They've got A players. Yeah. They've got Genji, George Ford. Uh, I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't even say, I wouldn't say Youngs. I was going to say Youngs, but no, Le- I'm not going to say Youngs. Liebenberg and Visa. Yeah. Uh, I think Potter. Yeah. Uh, sorry, okay, so the guys on the got about four well, or five do you know what, G players. That guy that's starting loose head, I forgot his name now, De, De, yeah, De Bruin. De Bruin, yeah. Like, he's quality. He'd like, be more quality if he's staying. He's off, isn't he? Yeah. But he's Joe, really good. Joe Hayes looked good. Yeah, Joe Hayes looked awesome. Like, genuinely, I think they could pretend, they could be genuine, com- genuinely competing with Genge and Cole. Um, Wigglesworth genuinely competing with Youngs. Um, you're you're right, Visa. And, and Van Portfleet. Van I mean, Portfleet as well, yeah. Youngs might be third choice at Leicester. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, uh, Freddie Stewart has to be spoken about now as the heir to Mike Brown, I think. I mean, and, mate, where, where have you been? I've been saying this for ages. Yeah. And Tommy Freeman looks, Freeman's ace. Yeah, looks Freeman's awesome, although he, he took a bad knock. Freeman. That's a good little, that, that's a good little battle, isn't it? Because like, just up Stewart the road, Freeman, Northampton, yeah. Freeman was, Leicester. Freeman was at Leicester as well as a kid. What? I know. Amazing, isn't it? Amazing. Oh, the players Leicester have let go. But Steve, what Steve Borthwick's doing, and uh, you know... I even said to him in the in the post game chat, which didn't go out on air, um, because we of course you were there, weren't you? Yeah, because we passed we passed on the game, and I said to him, you know, you've given the you've given these young guys an opportunity. They've they've taken it with, <coughs> um, they've taken it, and they've you know now got experience of winning big knockout games. I said said, said a question which revolved around that, and he actually said, I don't mean to be uh, pernickety, Tim, but I haven't given the players an opportunity. They've earned it. Ah. Which I thought was a, br- I, I really like. I thought it was a great answer. It is a little bit semantic. A little bit I, semantic. I quite, I quite no, like no, it. but I like the, the, I, the I like philosophy the, of what he said. Empowering the players yeah. rather than it's, it's not him. I, I, it's th- I think the players genuinely believe uh, you play well. Doesn't matter. I don't care what your name is. Well, you, you'll get picked to a degree. I mean, George Ford plays. <laughs> you know, you can be whoever you want. George Ford is playing in that team. But yeah, everything else is up for John, grabs. Johnny McPhillips last couple of weeks has looked class. So there's an interesting one you mentioned, Johnny McPhillips. I was watching him play, and I thought he is competent. 
and he's made no mistakes. But I can see him thinking. Like I can almost see him changing his mind. And he still made the right decision. But he is a... Not a vast... He, he is clearly the understudy to George Ford. Oh, of course. Well, well, suggesting, you know, I'm not I suggesting... Yeah. Don't think he's ready to lead a team yet. No, no, no. Yeah, he yeah. did very well. He, he's he a did. very good player. It, it does help. It's all right. He had a great game. It does help when your pack is going forward yeah. consistently. Yeah. And did you notice the Newcastle loose head situation? Yeah. No, they're copying you, JB, or some of their players have clearly um, been M- listening to you. Mullapola flips over, didn't he? Ah, for more cash, I hope. Well, so Mullapola started. And the hooker, and the hooker's being yeah. converted to loose head, Kyle Cooper. Yeah. Good for him. So, Trevor Davidson gets injured after, whatever it was, 10, 12 minutes. Kyle Cooper is on the bench as a loose head, but he's a hooker, 32-year-old South African hooker who has converted to playing loose head. He then goes down and Mark Tampin, their tight head, reserve tight head, comes on and plays Good loose head. No, no, no. Tampin came on and played oh, tight head. Ah, and, and, sorry. And Mullapola switched sides. Yeah, Mullapola switched sides. But so, yeah, it's the it's the range. And yeah. there, I think there is some good news as well coming out of Newcastle, which is uh, we thought we might have seen the last of John Welsh. Uh, oh, yeah. Not career ending, four weeks. Oh, so awesome. He is back soon, which uh, hopefully he gets a, a shot at Genge. Yeah. Hopefully there's a, it, another way they can play each other. It, it can't come fast enough because they, they got pumped. Yeah, and the interesting thing about this is. Well, that, they, they, well sorry, I was just going to say they, they got pumped, but it was literally just the scrum, pretty much. The scrum was the. That was it, because they looked, they looked good. Yeah, and Newcastle were targeting this They're all week. They were talking about physicality and taking them on up front and this, that, and the other. Because they know from the last game, they didn't... Well, they did terribly, frankly. So this was a chance to put a marker down. And I think uh, this game was probably won in the first five five minutes when they realised that they weren't up to task and Mark Wilson goes off with the yellow card. And after that, it's just all the way downhill. And they know... What's coming next in the second half is going to be worse than what's coming in the first half, which is a horrible place to be. Can I just say, George Martin's 19. I don't don't think... I think there are other players that deserved an England cap before him. Agreed. That's not to take it away from him whatsoever. I've just got to say, though, the the guy's 19. Some people think... And he's he's mixing it. Some people think he's going to be a future great. Uh, I don't know about that yet, but it's interesting that people say that. Yeah, and... Eddie Jones, if nothing else, is very good at identifying talent. But do you know who I thought was very good? More than him was the... Is it Wells, the second role? Who's the other... Uh, Harry Wells. Harry Wells, who is a a solid, very solid second role back role. Who is the second role this weekend? Uh, So it's Wells Wells and Henderson. Henderson. Cameron Henderson. Yeah, yeah, Wells Wells is one that uh, that impressed He sometimes plays on the flank as well. Yeah. Yeah. Him. Yeah, him, no, Potter, really. Uh, yeah, look out for Dan Kelly. Very good. I now, yeah. I now actually kind of agree with you, JB, and I'm willing to say I've underestimated Steve Borthwick and Leicester, and I think that they will challenge for top four. Yeah, yeah I think so. This just, season, I think that I th- if anyone can, I think they will. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not going to be. It's not going to be Northampton, is it? They're, so they're eight, no, they're eight points off top four. They're pretty formidable. Yeah, and it's just the fact that they. It doesn't seem to matter who plays. They. They just kind of perform. It's, yeah, because uh, yeah. we, we did see that last season. We we all criticised Borthwick for his yeah. kind of A team and B team. There was the the best team who could maybe, if they did well, have a shot of winning a game, and the B team who couldn't do anything. But he's whatever he's done, he's used that to assess it, used it to harden them. He now ha- does have that. It's not an A and a B team. He has the kind of one and a half, with the exception of mm. a handful of players. So I. I very much admire what he's done this season. I still think what he did last season was absolutely dreadful. 
I, I yeah, really but, it, think... but now, because I agreed with that last season, but now you can look it through the, the lens of, well, has that allowed him to do this? My problem is, I think you're absolutely right. I think it has allowed him to do this. I think it's allowed him to identify some talent. But I think that process also threw away a lot of talent, and that's, and that's the problem that I have. Because we name so many lads that Leicester have been through and discarded in the past... And how much of it is to do with that sort of mindset? Uh, oh, you've already uh, you've already sunk. And by the way, we're not going to play you in in the first team. Uh, we're going to um, play, play you in a bunch of kids, and we'll just see which ones survive this brutal onslaught from the Premiership first team. I don't think it's a good way to develop your players. I think you've got to drip feed them in. Uh, the guys who have succeeded in Leicester would have succeeded anyway. The ones that they've let go, they'll never know. So it could have been Tommy Freeman, it could have been Alex Lewington back in the day. It could have been there's so many players that have left Leicester. So I still think what he did last season was completely wrong, but you've got to give him credit for how he's... For, yeah, he's, yeah for, you know, two, he, things, two things can be true at once. Yeah, yeah. He, he's got to this point, which for the last two or three seasons, I did not see Leicester get into this point any time soon. No, I didn't, to be fair. It's some turnaround from where they have been, mm. yeah. for sure. Um, uh, just, I think Austin Healy made one good point in, in comms when he said... There's a lot of those young guys, and they have, and as we've talked about before, they won the 18, under-18 championship a couple of years in a row a few years ago, and having a whole bunch of lads that have come through, grown up together, lived together, and are coming into the first team together. Mm. That's pretty cool. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it's very, very same, cool. same at Northampton um, and, and other clubs, we've seen it as well. And um, uh, also, the other thing I noticed, just on mentioning Austin Healy, is just I, w- I was struck, because I was able to walk around the ground a lot, and there's no fans or anything there. There's no pictures of him anywhere. Really? He, he won the Heineken Cup two times. I was, and I suddenly thought, I just went, I can't see Oz in any of these pictures. And I looked, I, I, kept, I made a mental note to keep an eye out of all the pictures. I couldn't see a single picture oh. of Austin Healy. That's astonishing, because I would have thought a club like Leicester, or any club actually, would quite like Austin Healy to be linked to them. Particularly now, in I these would, economic times. I would have thought so. And you'd yeah. also want his know-how, both rugby and business. If, I, mean, I mean, if I was Oz, I'd be thinking, right, well, I'm, I'm going to buy that club. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, he doesn't uh, want the debt. <laughs> no, no, probably not, actually. Probably not. But yeah. Oz, when, when we watched over last summer, lockdown one, when we were watching the, the historic games, we watched the Stade Francais um, Leicester 2001. Austin Healy was the best player on the pitch. Yeah. yeah. But he, he, he can was in quite a lot of stick online. And there's a correlation between people who have no idea about rugby and those <laughs> that criticise Austin Healy I'm sure he does say a few silly things occasionally but my god some of the things he picks up are just unreal uh, all unreal. I would say on that is be careful what you wish for because if you watch football uh, ever and I don't watch much football punditry but one of the thing which unites the majority of football punditry is no one says anything of any substance or interest or opinion Although, certainly no opinion and I quite like Austin Healy is one of the few people that actually doesn't care what people think, so he says what he thinks. Well, he doesn't really need the job, does he? <laughs> <laughs> doesn't he so, so he can watch rugby? Yeah, he's there for front, you know for the best seats in the house, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, he's he's, rem- he's remarkably good at his job. Remarkably. Yeah, I, I really like his analysis. He, he does occasionally get something wrong and then won't admit that he's got it wrong. Like you call it, oh, that's never a forward pass. No, I'm not having that not a forward pass. <laughs> he's gone four yards forward. Yeah. But he, I think I think he's spot on. Uh, well, something which didn't go well, too too well. Uh, well, I guess you're going to think it's, it went all right. Um, the, yeah, the Ulster game was a great game. My word, what goes on at Northampton? It was a brilliant game. That a was a good game of rugby. It was, was a good game of rugby. It was a good game of rugby. Northampton didn't implode or do anything particularly they bad. Like they, had a, they had a good first half. Tamana Harrison was awesome. They really took it to 
Ulster in the first 20 minutes and looked really good. And Ulster weathered the storm and then had too much for them over 80 minutes. You need to beat Northampton in two ways, effectively. You need to... Uh, number one, make sure Tamar Harrison is never on his feet. So you've got to be lying on him you know, after carries. You can't let him get up. You just can't let him carry the ball because that's what they, they need him to carry the ball. And if he does carry the ball, you need to um, meet him head on. Once you've neutralised him, there's pretty much no go forward. Lud- Ludlam's a good carrier. Oh, actually, Lud- that's a complete you know, yeah. Ludlam's Lud- ace. Ludlam you know, is I ace. think Northampton might have some of the scariest potential like UFC converts. Tamana Harrison and Lewis Ludlum. Courtney Laws. Oh, and Courtney Laws. That would be frightening. Yeah, there is that. And also, without Courtney Laws, they do lack a bit of edge. There's no toys about it. They're lovely with ball in hand, though. And, and they can play. So when you are, w- they, are they the best team of ball in hand now? That's a good Cause, question. Because you always called, you always <laughs> said that was Sale. Well, it was Sale a few years ago. Uh, you know, they, they can turn it on occasionally. I probably think it is Northampton. They've got so many good ball handlers, and that system that they that they play is quite nice. Where they failed completely was giving the ball to Ulster in any way because they didn't really want to tackle. They didn't want to meet them at the game line. They didn't want to collide, and it was so obvious. It's because you've got a. Uh... McCloskey and Stockers. McCloskey and Stockers. down. Curtsy. No, no Curtsy. Oh, no, not Curtsy. Uh, Timony. Timony, Timony that's was it. playing. Curtsy. I, I think Kurtz, if Curtsy was still available, mm. Ulster might be favourites yeah. for this. Mm. Um, he's a huge, huge loss. Yeah. Curtsy. Yeah, he is. Uh, he's good, though. But do you know, the element of physicality, which I thought Ulster absolutely dominated... Um, Northampton that was around the breakdown so they'd have their jacklers in or they'd go and defend the breakdown and from absolute miles out it, it, well this is how I remember it it could be completely different if I watched it now uh, the, the Ulster clearouts were brutal and they, it, they were smashing people out of the way and I think that has a knock-on effect for when you get back in the line you're like nursing an injury or you think bloody hell that was uh, quite something which hit me then and then you're back in the line and then McCloskey's down your channel and then you try and get over the breakdown again and you get smashed again and they, but they it, didn't want to know that also the, the clear outs and it's the clear outs that allows the quick ball and Cooney and Billy Burns are so good when they get good get, break the gain line quick ball those two are so dangerous yeah. they, they can um, get the best of the talent outside them McCloskey Hume is a really good player Stockers looks to be close to being back to his best Mike Lowry is they made it very, very dangerous stockers at times though that, like, that kick into the corner I mean he had so much time to execute the oh, kick oh it's an awesome kick well there's but nobody you... there <laughs> he's still got to do it yeah he's still I mean I could, was... I could have executed that kick <laughs> it was awesome yeah it was a good game they look like they... I'd say they're favourites would you not say they're favourites uh, uh, but Leicester they're away they're away at Leicester I was, I was thinking when I was watching the draw I was like who do I prefer I'd definitely prefer to be at home, so mm-hmm. that's struck off. I'd probably, probably prefer to play Bath. Yeah. Um, Although. But Bath are, Bath are very, very physical. Uh, and Bath want to bring that physicality. Like they, they just keep scoring. They'll score either wonder tries from their remarkable individual brilliance of their outside backs... Or they'll just grind it out with their tight five. Yeah, like, we'll there's nothing in between, is there? Yeah, there's, there's not there's no balance to what they do. Well, the, the only thing that's in between is Mer- is Mercer, who's like this. He can do a little bit of both, um, but they're not quite. They've got those two two extremes, and mm. you, very little in between. I thought I thought um, Will Stewart was 
awesome in Will this game. Will Stewart pretty much single-handedly won him the game last yeah. week. In fact, he, he, he did all right this week too. He, he did very well he did this very, week. Like, you're talking he about was... dominant tight-head props. He's not a massive man, but he dominates the games. Uh, he, in fact, they can they can thank him for beating Zebra uh, single-handedly, as far as I can. <laughs> I've got I've got my I've got the bath socks on today. Ah, they, nice. They, it's uh, what was I? I've had loads of people ask me. I've completely forgotten the com- I, <laughs> I've completely forgotten the company again that does the. Well, let's not mention their name until I give us some money. Yeah, yeah, or uh, more freebies. So me and you could be wearing yeah. them, Jay. Exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah I uh, but yeah, but London Irish West uh, deservedly beat London Irish East. They yeah. absolutely imploded, though, didn't they, London Irish? I mean, I love Albert Tuasui. Is that how you say? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, him. him running at Orlando. Oh God, <laughs> Orlando Bailey. I was going to say Orlando Bloom, then Orlando Bailey. Yeah. Orlando Bailey. I'd love to see him run at Orlando. Bloom. I've just got. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it looked very much the same as when he ran at Orlando <laughs> Bailey. Um, Orlando Bloom could actually play him. Uh, yeah, it was. I like how he carries the ball. Love the build of the guy. Love the beard, but he dropped and made so many mistakes when it really counted. Right at the end, I thought, oh, that, you can't be doing that. You can't do it. Um, they, they, had, they had some really good they had some really good phases of play, London Irish. But just, you know, when Bath turn it on, because they have got the actual personnel to do it, it looks good. Like, I don't, you know, I don't give Stuart Cooper any credit for that um, <laughs> pick by Zach Mercer. And then the Falatau chip. <laughs> Which what, what, what do you mean? That's a training ground move, that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Num- n- eight, eight go blind, offload, kick, chase, score. There you go, done. Important. Straight off the training yeah. ground. Was that yeah. the one where did Thokkana Singer go in the corner off that one? Was that the one where they switched to the other wing? Uh, yes. Yeah. I think yeah. that's right, yeah. yeah. So, the, you know, I think actually Bath. So, let's just stop a second. Let's go back to last week. Who was favourite for this competition? I think last week. Judging by all those games, it would have been Ulster. Ulster. Yeah, they look like the most impressive. Fast forward a week, or oh, okay, Leicester look awesome. Leicester look great. Oh, they look good. They, they look awesome. They, they look, look good. good. Yeah, Ulster a very impressive win. Yeah, so a, those two away. meetings are, are going to be that's going to be a cracker. And then you have got Montpellier Bath, and these uh, who, two the, the styles are perfect for each other. Well, they are, and it's how much talent can you get on the pitch, but. N- Make sure it's in a way that it doesn't quite gel. They're the best yeah. two teams in Europe for yeah. achieving How that. How little output can you get out of so much, so much talent? talent? Did Alex Lazowski play for Montpellier? I didn't, this is the only game I, I didn't see. I didn't see it at all. I'll, I'll just pull up the lineup now. Uh, Lazowski played 10. Did he? Yeah, which he has been doing a bit mm. recently. Mm. Yeah. Apparently, apparently he's not enjoying life over, over there, is what I hear. He's on loan, isn't he? Yeah, he's definitely I, coming I always, back. Uh, yeah, I always Ma- forget Ma- Mark McCall loaning. this weekend may, uh, said, or, like Nick Tompkins has now come back, mm. and he said all players that have been out on loan, Max Malins, Ben Earl, Alex Lazowski, will be going back. So there's a few season. interesting bits Is he Quay as well, yes. Yeah. Oh, is he on loan as well? Northampton. Yeah. Is he on loan? Ooh. Yeah. Wow, I didn't realise that they were all, all on loan. Yeah. yeah. Ben Spencer's full Ben Spencer's was a permanent, That's wasn't permanent, it? That's permanent, yeah. But all the people that were out on loan will definitely be coming back, Mark McCall said. And then there's the two, there's Cruis and Good who are in Japan. Yes. Which I 
I imagine they could get them back if they, should they want to. I think they I are think coming Cruz back. I think Cruz is definitely well, coming back. Good, no, good, Good's definitely coming back. Is I it? wasn't sure about... Uh, I don't, I, I'm sure Cruz is coming back. how do they get him back with like back. a massive light in the sky? <laughs> when it's time. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, good. I'm, I'm glad to hear that they're, that they're all reassembling. Getting the old band back together. Just on this, so two interesting pieces of news that came out of this week. One was Tompkins coming back off loan. Mm-hmm. And I think... He has basically had a horrible time at Dragons. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying he personally has a horrible time. I'm sure he's enjoyed it. He hasn't looked like an international to me, and he hasn't looked like the guy that was in, that was in Saracens. I, I can't say I've seen him playing yeah. at Dragons, to be honest. I've seen him twice, and I didn't think much of it. So, playing outside Jamie Roberts? Yeah, and I just think, you know, you've taken a guy from a very successful place, in a great system, with great coaches and processes and all the rest of it, and you put him in... Newport, and I wonder why that didn't work so well. Um, and I worry about uh, people like Thomas Francis when he leaves Exeter to go to Cardiff Blues. You know, what's he gonna, is he going to be playing for Cardiff Blues or is he going to be using the Welsh calls? I, I, I got no idea. You know, how is this all? How is this all going to pan out? So I, I don't, I don't like that. Did you see the Saracens team? They they absolutely pumped Bedford. Today. No, did they win? Yeah, I, I, I knew they were. What were they like? Um, Fifty four thirteen. Like there was two to one. <laughs> uh, I did see that the yeah, some the team first up. four tries were was a marrow brace and a billy brace. Yeah, yeah, hardly fair, is it? Yeah. Elliot Daly wearing thirteen. Mm, nice. Oh. I mean, against Bedford as well. But it's uh, <laughs> yeah, it's. Did Bedford have any players of note? Because they, they usually have a few a few lads that are either they either used to be famous or soon to be famous. Yeah, and they've had. Uh, They've had historically linked with both Northampton and Saracens yeah. uh, and Leicester. Mm. Ten, they, they're ten full internationals in their starting lineup. Saracens did, and um, so Kira- uh, oh, I'll tell you what um, that Eogan. Remember the remember yeah, the, remember Manny, the pro- Manny Yogan, Manny Yogan the, the, the like nineteen year old prop who when Northampton had no props came on and had a had a great game down oh, at Sandy, yeah. Sandy Park what when, when Northampton him. won and he's uh, on loan at Bedford. Good lad. Uh, okay, so he oh yeah, Connor Tupai. As well, Paul Tupai's son, yes. who was also at Northampton, and Reuben Bird Tullock, who was yeah. at Saracens. Saracens. So they've also had, and I'm trying to think of other famous. And Will Carrick Smith, who I get confused with Will Goodridge Clark, yeah. who, who Will Carrick Smith was at London Welsh during the in, uh, infamous. And I think Corporal, yeah. Corporal Bean is on loan from Northampton to uh, yeah. Bedford oh. as well. Uh, what's his first name? Um, Lewis. Lewis Bean. Lewis Bean. Yeah, oh, I, I nearly interviewed him actually. Ooh. I should, I should definitely, should definitely follow stop up on that. it. What did yeah. you nearly do, Phil? Do you, have you nearly done anything? Nothing of note. <laughs> Nothing I'd like to raise now. Oh, I, I've got a good guest on the Rugby Dungeon tomorrow. Yeah. Ooh. You might have heard of him. Um, a young lad from Northampton. Uh, Dan Bigger? Bigger! Oh, yeah. uh, uh, I think he, I've heard he could do all right. If, yeah, if, yeah. If he knuckles down. Yeah, back up to... Um, What's his name? Uh, Grayson. Grayson in Northampton. Yeah. So, uh, Back up to Sheedy for Wales as well. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm looking forward to that one. I'm massively looking forward to that one. Did, yeah, did you see be your, good. Uh, your beloved Canes went and, down? Oh, my God. 27 so, to 30. That looks like it would have been a good game to watch. So Super Briataroa, both games were decided by the Golden Points and Death match. Both really? were a tie yeah. after 80 minutes. And both the Chiefs versus the Chiefs Landers, Chiefs Blues, um, and my beloved Canes, who, oh, my beloved Canes, they're playing against like an all-black type five um, with nobodies, but the the Canes outside backs are just unreal. Um, 
Usain, Surveyor, Jordi Barrett, Lau Mappi. Lau Mappi's explosivity for his try. They're so good, but Crusaders are just... They're, they're basically the All Blacks. Yeah, they are, aren't they? Um, so, yeah, amazing game. Very, very actually good result, considering... Um, or a much closer result than I was expecting, albeit Keynes could have won it at the end. So a little bit disappointed. Uh, so I guess we've spoken about almost everything today. Almost. Almost. One last story, and I suspect you will be wearing a lot of egg on your face now. Um, remember that I mentioned that there is an underhand um, conspiracy at the RFU? Uh, well, enter the Kraken, as Donald Trump's lawyers might uh, uh, might say. Matt Proudfoot. Release the Kraken, release JB, the Kraken. come on. Yeah. <laughs> so Matt Proudfoot nipped up to sale this week. Uh, to speak to James Harper, okay, fine. Uh, Bevan Rod, mm. yeah, sure, okay. Rafi Quirk, makes sense. Quirk. Quirk, thank you. <laughs> and uh, Josh Beaumont, it would be wonderful if Josh Beaumont could, uh, uh, could get a cap. And, any, any other guesses? Any other guesses? <laughs> AJ. Not AJ, sadly. Not AJ. I've forgotten his name now. Uh, you, uh, you, uh, <laughs> Ewan Ashman. Ewan Ashman. Scotland, Ewan Ashman. Scotland's Ewan Scotland's Ashman. Scotland's Ewan Ashman. If there's e- ever any any proof that they are targeting <laughs> dual qualified players without any... Well, then if there's no intention to play him. But yet another one. They right. just, go on. No, no I was going to say, yes. Okay. Targeting and and targeting players that are dual qualified is one thing. And, I, and I've, I've never denied that that might be a factor. You might go, yeah, we'll bring Cam Redpath in and have a look at him because, you know, we might have to make up our minds on this guy. What if they told Cam Redpath he was special with X Factor? They probably did, because he is. Uh, well, that would be a fair shout, right. actually. So there's, there's a different... Any chance that Ewan Ashman is X Factor special? I've got no... I've got so exactly. so little game I haven't seen enough know. of him yeah. to make that decision for well, myself, but I'm sure people in the right places do. But So I've got, I'm willing to believe that dual-qualified players might get looked at in a slightly different way. I, the, the evidence is overwhelming on the fact that that does not translate into giving caps to people. Well, because that, there are so many examples and that's of, people, my point, Tim. of people who do not get caps and go on and play for other countries. Yeah, so this is exactly my point, which is they come in, they distort the relationship between that player and his pathway through to international, and it takes about... Distort? Six, yeah, because if you have a clear route from where you are now to play for Scotland, that's always been your plan, and then the RFU show up and go, do you know what, you're special and we're going to bring you into camp and we're going to have a look at you and we think you could potentially be a 50-cap international, this, that and the other. Right. Um, I don't think that's right. I think if they are actually interested in a player, they say, we, we like you, you come into camp and you get a cap. You know, there is enough evidence of what these players are like. If you go and watch them, you can get an idea. And it, do you know what? This, this is a bit like saying the... So, at school, um, I can remember fancying a girl... Mm-hmm. And she wasn't interested. Uh-huh. And then I, I st- and, and, and then I started like going out with someone else. Uh-huh. And then suddenly that girl was interested. Okay. And then, but that that would be like me going, "You're really out of order for doing that." It's just I, I, I kind of don't get. How, I, which... No, actually, I'm trying to work out the analogy. That's not. <laughs> I, I, I I know we could. No, I guess. Okay, let me just. We say... can definitely put it down through a different paradigm to get the analogy there. I, I, I we just need to look at it from a different angle. But no. we're nearly there with it. No, no. So what all I would say is, if if you what we're actually... saying is England are a jealous girl. Uh, no, what I'm saying is, <laughs> what I'm saying is, 
If if an if an adult, a grown adult, uh-huh. but they're not that grown. No, well, I don't they're care. Not that grown. I don't care. If if a grown adult that can do whatever they want and has total agency over their own life and future, uh, but that's why they're agents. Or well, well to to advise them, they've got. To, it's not just their decisions; it's their agents' advice as well. If yeah. if, if grown adults with agency their over their too. own. And their club's advice. Yeah, exactly. If, if even more people to advise yeah, them on yeah, what they're yes. doing. And, and if these grown ad- if these grown adults who can go and do anything they want to and have total agency over their life get well, they can't get, though, get their they? head turned by a few nice words from someone, then maybe they need to give their head a wobble. So, okay, you make a point. Should all players assume <laughs> that Matt Proudfoot is lying? Then. Because a few yeah. nice words, if they you know give your head a wobble, because Matt Proudfoot has told you you're a special player and you've got a future, a future with England. Um, if I was the club, so there's a couple of problems here. If I was the club, I think I'd be putting a protection policy around my players, which is by all means come and watch them. If you want to watch them, uh, bring your binoculars, bring a, a, a you know a, a pen and pencil. If you've got any questions about the player, ask the coach. Don't ask the player. And the reason I think that is fair is, for, is well, first of all, I don't want the player thinking. He's going to be playing for England because Matt Proudfoot sh- sh- showed up. Second of all, um, if Matt Proudfoot says, "Look, you are. We think you're good. We, we've got a good handful of ca- thirty caps. I would say for you. I mean, you know, you're, you you really could be the future here." When that player goes back to his club, bearing in mind you and Ashman's like the third choice mm-hmm. hooker, right? Third choice Scottish hooker. <laughs> yeah, 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 uh, and and the sale too. When it comes to renegoti- renegotiation time, Ian Ashman's probably thinking, well, I could get paid like an academy lad, or I could get paid like a third-choice hooker, but actually, I think I'm worth 50 caps, because that's how Matt Proud- Proudfoot has valued but, me. But then, but it's, then, it's, but then that's, that's not a... Like, Sale can say, no, we're not paying you that. Yeah, yeah it's, it's all... So then you've got, then you've got based a version of, of, of mismatch theory. When this player's got this elevated impression of what he is, hawking himself around Premiership Club saying, yeah, I'm a 50-cap hawker. And like, no, no, mate, you're still exactly... And this has happened to Sal uh, three times now. Uh, he had... Sa- you, if anyone can work out why Sam Moore went to England camp, I will, I will give you a lot, a lot of money. Um, you know, eventually leaves. Eddie Jones has done this with so many of the apprentice things. He has a look at them and you never see him again. And that's know, just what I he's done. You stop it. I think if he wants to talk to the... If he's got a plan to cap them... Bring them in, but he has but to show. It's up to him what, yeah. what he wants to do. He's got I've nothing. Got, I've well, got then in that case, it's <clears throat> the club, clubs, and also, what would you mean up to the clubs? You could also argue if you look at it again. If you take that paradigm, look at it from a different angle, that would almost be predatory of the clubs to go. Don't we don't want to pay this person what he's potentially worth? No, no, you absolutely pay them what they're worth. But so in the Ashman scenario. But what the, what and I'm saying Ashman scenario. I mean, he might actually. I'm going to say let's just assume he is as good as they say. So let's just uh, let's just give it a different player. Because I don't want to say he's not that good. I'm just saying you know. Let, so let's just yeah, give it player a, X. Yeah, player Joe, X. Joe Bloggs. Right, uh, because he's dual qualified. They've approached him, and that's the problem, isn't it? If he really is that good, like a George Martin, by all means, you know, tell him he's that, tell him he's that good. If you're just approaching this player because he's dual qualified and you don't want someone else to have him, well, that's wrong. So I, I I can't get on board with that, well, and I think yeah, that I'm, is happening. I, I'm I'm still not sure. I still don't think there's a smoking gun on that. There's because there's there are there is evidence of dual qualified players going into England camp. There is lots of evidence of non dual qualified players going into England camp and never being seen I mean, again. The power of a dog thing is utterly bizarre. I, that no, no, has but, no, to but, be but, but we, for, for Italy. 
No, but then, but then he, no, he, he was would injured. Have been, he was injured. He would have been. Oh, was he? he was injured was in he? camp. That's yeah. That's the reason he didn't. Well, he didn't play for Wasps. The re- no, turns, that's not true. No, no. It turns out the reason he didn't play for Wasps in that um, it, it, it happened the week after the England camp as well. He didn't play. He didn't start. Um, we didn't play. I'm for pretty wasps. sure that's. He didn't play for Wasps on his own say so. The week in between the last two games, he didn't play for Wasps. Because he didn't feel right. That's not what I've heard. Well, that is what but, I've heard. Of who? But, no, you don't have to say a, 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 a dog roo. I, I think he will. If if there was a conspiracy, he, they'd be capping him. They, 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 I have no doubt that Eddie wanted to have a look at him because he is a, a fairly unique talent. And he was playing very well. He was playing great guns. He was actually... Uh, um, he was definitely uh, fit, you know. He uh, was definitely uh, def- good but, to go. But... Early in the season, he was the form 13 he, in the league. Yeah. So he got called up to England on the back of that. I think I need to Eddie's clarify, had a look at him. Just clarify two things on here, which I know for certain, absolutely certain. Uh, it wasn't his own say-so that he didn't, didn't get released. Mm. That is definitely true. Mm. Uh, and, I, unless I, unless got, there's different people in different camps telling us different things, yeah. uh, which is I, an absolute, absolute I've possibility. Got, I've got no idea, but what... <laughs> from what I've seen, and it's happened to lots of players, both dual-qualified and non-dual-qualified players, Eddie likes to get them in, see the whites of their eyes, test them. Mm. We, t- we spoke a few weeks ago about the, the data that he gathers on players, rightly or wrongly, because I think it depends on how data-driven he's been, you could make very good decisions or some bad decisions, uh, like Don Brandt was the example that you gave Tim. But I think he does it to lots of players. I don't... I, I don't, from what I've seen, I don't think there's a smoking gun on the conspiracy. But let me just paint a picture for you, right? You're a club. You spend a lot of money on your academy. The kids are coming through and you don't really care who they're qualified for. They're just kids that come through your... You want the best kids. You want the most talent. You don't really care where they come from. They're all, um, for the majority, they're local, but some might might be dual qualified, some some might not be. They come through your system and they're all worth a certain amount of money. And you know they're worth a certain amount of money because you see them every day and you kind of, you, you, yeah, you just yeah. know what that looks yeah. like. You know what, a 22-year-old hooker who performs at X rate, Yeah, you know what he's worth. So then you've got all your boys that go through the England and 20 system, no, no, no issues there, that, that, that's fine. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the England coaches descend and the dual-qualified lads are walk through a door. Uh, the, the guys who are English-qualified and actually starting for you, like Curtis Langdon, are completely ignored. And they were they're told, look, you're special. You're so, you've, you've created friction between the, not friction, but you know, you'd be you would be thinking, why why, why is it not me? I'm better than. But him. didn't, didn't Proudfoot see Ruffy Quirk? Um, yeah, yeah, Quirk, Quirk, Quirk. Quirk. Sorry, but, but, Ruffy but, de Quirk. Yeah, yeah, but like, what, Quirk. but like Langdon is a 23 year old English qualified no English hooker. So I think ironically, what England have done here. Rather than trying to be smart, I mean, if you buy this theory, of course, um, rather than being smart and trying to uh, stop other teams getting these players, they've actually given an incentive to players up and down the country to declare dual qualification in order to get spoken to by English coaches. Because if I was, if I was Langdon now, uh, I think I would slowly and quietly announce that he's Irish qualified, and he is Irish qualified, and they're, and they're very interested uh, uh, in him, and then see how quickly it would take Matt Prowlfoot to drive to his house. If, if I was a... Sale... He's not, he's not uh, uh, Irish qualified, but I might start this. <laughs> if, if I was a sale coach and something incentivizes my young hooker to train as hard as he possibly can and play, play his best possible rugby, I would be absolutely delighted. You would be, right? But we've got three, we, they've got three players, or no, two players, right, who've walked out the door because their value does not match the club's value. And in the case of, say, Redpath, I think probably they undervalued him. 
Yes, I think, I think that case, I would agree well, with that. But you can only you can only say someone walks so, out the door because they're undervalued because someone else valued them more. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Which so, means they did undervalue them. Fact. Yeah. Th- th- that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. So I agree. But with that's that. got nothing to do with Matt but, Proudfoot or Eddie Jones. Th- no, no. But like on the Sam Moore front, you have got a very promising young young man coming through. He went into England camp. He was he was he, he was never the same. Now he doesn't really start for Cardiff Blues. He sits on the bench there. So is that a case? So of, say I valued him correctly. Yeah. Then. yeah. But are you are you, you know, are what I'm saying is are you taking you, a correlation and making a causation? He went to England camp and he was never the same again. No. As in they broke him. Uh, no. He, as in he just thought he was too good. And then, but, yeah, well, that's yeah. that's his error because because yeah. there's that's you, on him. That's on him. Yeah. You said if I've got a coach that comes in and makes my players. Train really hard to be the best they, they can be. That, yeah, you're absolutely right. That that is awesome. Particularly if they end up to be Cam, Cam Redpath. Yeah. But if the opposite happens and they act as if they, you know, in that way, but they don't deserve it. Well, yeah, they, yeah. I, I, and that, I, I that's on just, the player, isn't it? Yeah, that's it? on the player. Because I'd say John, Johnny Wilkinson. It wouldn't have mattered what anyone said to him. He would have always been the player that he was. Because and so uh, there's that phrase like um, uh, I can't think of the exact words, but basically it's about uh, hard times don't develop character they reveal character and I think it's things like this when Matt Proudfoot comes to your training ground and has a chat with you it doesn't de- it, it doesn't, doesn't change, it do- it doesn't yeah, change your, your character nature. it reveals your character and probably if you and Ashman is someone who could be an international for England or Scotland it will make no difference whatsoever to him and maybe the reason why Sam Moore is not playing for Cardiff Blues is because he is the sort of person whose head swelled at the at, uh, at going to England camp uh, yeah uh, I mean you can't I don't think you can say it's all one. You, know, you can't say this is a mechanism that you use in order to flush out players. That's not. With, that's not what I'm with, saying. Well, because I'm saying the good is, ones, it will be. It, it will no, be no, irrelevant. Because, because in this scenario, what you're saying is: a, if a coach comes in and it makes the player train really hard, it's great. But b, if a, if a coach comes in and it makes the player go off the rails, well, that's also great because they would never have made you, it anyway. You learn faster. Yeah, you learn faster, and then so it's actually an unadulterated good to have the coach come in and and talk to your players because you're either. Improve their training, or Can you get, get rid of them. I, I would say, actually, what's wrong with the third way, which is let them develop properly. I would suggest. I would suggest that the players that end up becoming international players, it wouldn't make any difference. Well, not not wouldn't make any difference. They might say, I think you should improve this and work on this. And George Martin said that to me um, in the post match chat, man of the match chat at Leicester the other day. He said. I've been into England camp and I've been working on my ball carrying and it's good to transition that yeah. into, uh, into I do agree team. that there are some lads who always make it but there's a lot of lads that, that coaches have missed and coaches get wrong all the time of course and you know yeah. it does derail I mean you know I don't know I do not know for instance the story behind uh, Burn What's it, not Tag Tagburn Tagburn yeah oh, it is Tagburn the, the lock Back row. Munster lock, Munster lock back row. Yeah, was yeah, it yeah, yeah. Got, yeah, let, yeah. got let go no, by Leinster. No idea Leinster? what happened. Leinster, yeah, yeah. That's an example of a coach getting it horribly wrong. Uh, yeah, or, or, or a just... player developing, blossoming later. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, d- d- how how do you affect that player's development? Because there's a great example there of a late bloomer. Um, you can affect a player's development negatively or positively. I don't think either of you are right saying it's an unadulterated good having these guys c- c- come into camp. I think they should be talking. In fact, if if I had a club. I would have a player welfare policy that no England coaches are talking to my players unless they give me solid proof that they are serious about mate, helping them. Mate, I, I think if you did do that, then you would lose so many players by people going, why is he trying to control stuff that's got nothing to do with him? 
Well, you know, I, it's, it's for their own good. It's for their I, own good. There, there is no way... Because you, I'm just not having... If, if you want to talk to my senior guys, you can. But the academy guys c- coming through, if they're in Scotland, mm-hmm. if they're part, part, part of the Scottish camp, then you can't... I wouldn't let them talk, 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 talk to them. No way. If, if they want to change allegiances off their own back, by all means do so. But you can't do it after a chat with Matt Proudfoot, who says you're a special player. But you, you don't even want nationality to mean anything. You want any player to be able to play for any country. Uh, look... You know, it's slightly different, um, <laughs> slight, slightly different scenario there. But you know, under the rules that under the rules that we have, that's the thing that a club can influence. And I am absolutely certain that I wouldn't. I wouldn't want. You know, would if if you have a if you have a club. I mean, you say yeah. You know, you'd lose loads and loads of players. But I, I don't imagine Sale are particularly friendly towards the you know the or, or Newcastle or anyone else. Particularly friendly about Gregor Townsend c- coming every other week, or you know Wayne Pivak's men, or whoever else it is, or, or the Italy coaches rock, r- rocking up. I don't know. Baxter says he wants, and I've heard a lot of other coaches, uh, McCall as well, saying we want all of our players to be competing for international honours for, well, all, for whoever well, it I think is. They want lots of international standard players. I, I yeah. do agree with that. Yeah, but then but you, know, you, telling, you can't you can't have one without the other. The telling academy lads they're internationals just because they're dual qualified, and, that's, and that, I think that's the that's, thing. That, well, no, that's that's, that's the sticking that, point, isn't it? Well, that, that, that is the, yeah. the thing. You don't. That is the sticking. That's the fundamental crux of your, the difference of opinion. You're, you, you're you think not an that is the driver. You're not an international player until you've not only been called into England camp, but you've also been called into an England matchday squad, and you've also and you've also been let onto the pitch. That's the only time you become an international, and there's mm. so so thinking. That someone having a chat with you on a training ground means that I'm an England quality player. Do you know what I think it's weird is, to say? Like, to I would say that's a deficiency in a player, and I don't believe yeah. good players actually think that. I, I, I would agree that because it's all conditional. We spoke about um, CJ Sander coming over to Ireland the other week, and he might have been viewed as a project player, but there was no way. It's it, everything is conditional until you're in that match day 23, until mm. you've got the cap. Nothing, I agree with that. nothing is nothing is guaranteed. And yeah, if a player, if their ego is uh, inflated by someone blowing smoke up their ass, and like, that's, you know, that's their like issue. If, if you two are identifying the fact that you're not an international player until you pull on pull on the jersey, I don't really think that any international coach should be going around to kids saying, for, if they did say this, of course, um, <laughs> you know, you're worth X amount of caps. Uh, I, and I think that is a very fair point. Well, you know, like yeah. e- even Harry Redknapp would uh, would say that about the kids coming through the academy. You never tell them that they're going to be good. If they're going to be get capped, they're going to be capped. But you shouldn't be going around telling players are going to get caps. I, I can't imagine it would have been you You're are going, going to get, you are to going get, get caps. fifty caps. It would. It's always conditional. Well, if, if someone, might, if someone takes it, you have the potential to be. If someone takes 50 it, fifty carry is a very odd number, isn't it? To to to, to float out there. Uh, yeah. But I, you know, if, if that was said, I don't know if that was. Said I, I think if Warren Gatland had done what you're suggesting, it, it would have been it would have been a brilliant move and a masterstroke <laughs> and very important. And I think this is this is the Eddie Jones. Anything yeah. connected with Eddie Jones, and I guess is automatically even bad. Even if I did ban them, they'd probably get their mobile phone numbers. I guess I just have to ban phones. <laughs> <laughs> what an authoritarian, authoritarian <laughs> regime you're operating when you become DOR <laughs> of a rugby. Club. Hand over all of your email passwords, <laughs> your mobile phone. You, you, they, they have burners, which I reissue at the end, at the start of every week. Who's you, watching? You could have, you could have, you could honestly uh, have a job running a Sage. giant tech <laughs> uh, uh, tech company at the minute, a Silicon Valley tech company. I, yeah. I was needs more, that kind of vision. I, I was more thinking a Soviet Union gulag. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like potato <laughs> potato in it at the minute. Yeah, yeah. Put, same thing. Put your phones in the bin. You can't speak to anyone outside of this room. <laughs> No international coaches. <laughs> right. 
I enjoyed the chat, and it's it's an interesting one, and maybe you'll be proved right. I'm definitely right. I'm definitely right. Although I've been told by some people in very high authority, I'm 100% wrong. It just proves I'm right. Yeah, it, that should only cement your resolve that you are even more right. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yes. Well, thank you very much for listening, and thank you for watching. We, we have had... Uh, some compliments on the on the quality of Wi-Fi. Yes! Oh, amazing, JB. Compared to previous stuff. Cat 8. Have I told you about my Cat 8? <laughs> you mentioned Cat 8. Yeah, Tell me more about uh, Cat 8. We'll talk about it later. Fergus says, uh, I see your Wi-Fi is now up to Worcester Academy standards. Right. Oh, we're well, not there yet. That is, uh, that is premium. When we get there, I'll be hanging around on my own uh, <laughs> after the podcast. Uh, do we have many live comments? Uh, uh, just... Um, Michael Martin has said, as a Leinster fan, I would disagree on um, Leinster rolling La Rochelle o- over. And he says he worries that La Rochelle will tear Leinster's defenceless wingers apart. Mm. Mm. Like Ra- Raymond Rule. That's, that's that's why that's why I came up with the quiz because I thought he sounded the name reminded me of Roman Reigns, the WWE uh, wrestler, and that got me thinking about nicknames. Not Jar Rule. Not Jar Rule. <laughs> um, did he? Did he really see the announcement just before we finish about the South Africa um, camps that they're going to have before the Lions? No, I, I am wondering how they're going to get well, even marginally competitive. Actually, uh, I was yeah. just. I just I very quickly just want to give you before you get onto that. I just want to just mention a couple of people who are long-time mm. listeners, Tier Two Tour legends, uh, Gavin Doyle. Congratulations oh, Gavin. to your to your boys in blue. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, 100%. Uh, he, he wants Leinster v Toulouse. That's yeah. what I want. The five-star showdown. Has to be. Just, yeah. I mean, oh, man. The build-up for that would be incredible. So, yeah, totally. And lo- lots of comments about taking your, sho- take your shoes off, JB. Oh, yeah. I've got one, <laughs> one last shout-out from one. It's not even a shout-out, but one last thing to say about the game. Um, Houston Sabercats got their, got, got their first win. Ah, oh, yes. I'm going to pay a bit of attention to the MLR yeah, in the yeah. next couple of weeks. I am... Because the too. games are being streamed free, um, free yeah. aren't they? And they're on, on the app. Although they've not... MLR, I um, put a request for information into them about their salary cap and they've not got back to me yet. 40, oh, yeah, we've still got this, haven't we? Yeah. We have, yeah, but there's no definitive... So, like, Premier Rugby, uh, in fairness to them, they published the detailed salary cap so you can run through and understand exactly what is in and out. Um, it's, it's, it's pretty opaque at MLR because there's a somewhere between about thirty-five and fifty thousand pound salary cap, but there's no way that Chris Robshaw or well, Adam Ashley Cooper and um, uh, Gitto are those two in particular living in LA on well, forty grand. They might be having their digs paid for. Well, and this is why I'm thinking about the yeah. salary cap because if it was in the Premiership, that would, that would count as salary. salary. So yeah. it'd be forty grand. <laughs> Including digs, etc. Yeah. Some of these comments are quite, quite, quite funny. My, my personal favourite, which just made me chuckle. This week's rugby dot 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 Dortmund buses. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that'll be the name of the that'll be the name of the pod, the name of the episode. What did I interrupt you saying a second um, ago, Phil? Sorry. South Africa are yes. talking about their, gathering their players, which obviously because some play in South Africa, some play in Europe, and some play in Japan is very difficult so they're they're talking the the phrase that they've used is an incredibly sinister phrase which is they're going to have alignment camps alignment camps is there anything more sinister than a South African alignment camp no are they allowed phones you uh, unlikely (laughs) (laughs) you will align wow that is sinister you're right um 
prior to so obviously they will be meeting in a Japanese bubble. That does sound European. kind of Chinese Communist Party, doesn't it? <laughs> it sounds like JB's Rugby Club as DOR. <laughs> you wait till I'm in charge. <laughs> Excellent. Right, wrap us up. On that bombshell. Um we will look ahead to the games at the weekend in another podcast which is coming in your feed very soon which will be the Q&A pod so keep your emails your thoughts your questions your starting points your discussions your strong zero stories yes uh, contact eggchasers at gmail.com we will do a shirt giveaway as well oh I'm taking that one oh yes I'll send that that's yours I'll send that so that's one shirt that's getting getting given away already been given away I'll send Nice tight shorts. Lovely tight shorts. The Wales one, I'll give that away. We've got another shirt to give away on the next episode. So hit subscribe in your feed wherever you get yours. At Rugby Podcast on Twitter. He's at JB Moore. I'm at Cocker. Phil Lurkin in your DMs. We're patreon.com slash eggchasers. We're on YouTube. (sighs) Let the boys play. Oh, God. Look at... Oh, God, that's a terrible shot of me. (laughs) (laughs) Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.